get fresh cream. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the 17th Joker, Eric Shea. And I'm the purveyor of positivity, Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 457. It is 457, Eric, and this is the official unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics. And now, welcome all you weirdos of the Get Fresh crew, including some surprise returns that got me really really happy this week uh and we'll get into that because we have a grand return in the whole badass roll call but also mail as well so we'll get to that in a little bit but first let me tell you please go over to twitter at weird science dc follow us we'll follow you back go over to our website weird science dc comics.com where we have reviews for the books that come out each and every week and then if you like what you hear and want to support us for everything oh, no. we do, including in our family of podcasts, family, not a network, Eric, we have a manga and a Marvel podcast. We have a bunch of things going on that you can get in the show notes. But if you like that, want more, 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 maybe if you don't like it, you can go just to see what we're up to. But just to you can go us. over. Yeah, really. You can go over to Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash weird science, and you'll get a plethora of times, maybe 50 shows over there. That's a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot of shows and maybe more coming. There were little hints last week that maybe people were wanting a little boys toys or the horror movie deal. Matt Razor ended up saying, you better get Eric on that. I said, I can't get Eric on nothing. That's what I'm doing. Like, he does what he wants. It's Eric being Eric is what I said. It's Shay Day every day. Oh, it is Shay Day here. But, yeah, we have a bunch of books this week that are Pretty good. I mean, we ended up getting convinced. (laughs) Yes, I like having my Shay. We end up with that. Speaking of which, I ended up, it's kind of not that, but I am loving it, Eric. I ended up having a Big Mac this week. Gross. I told you this, that the Eagles won and had a sack and a couple. So with that on the app, you get a free Big Mac. Now, I don't like the Big Mac. Me and you hate you? the Big Mac. Oh, wow. The Eagles Boy, won. I they got a free sack. stuff. Exactly. You're just a, you're a monster. Like, I am willing to eat things that I hate just because it's free. I'm like, you're gross. All year, the Phillies, every time they won, you get a chicken sandwich. Well, you I like chicken sandwiches. That's some fine. Of those. I do. Big Mac, though, I haven't had one in a while. So I ended you know up why? getting Because you don't like them. And, and it's funny. I was talking about this on the Star Wars podcast, if you listen to that. And I was debating whether I should get it. That was when it was like right hot on the iron there. And I did. I went over. I had to do some food shopping. So I thought, well, I'll get the Big Mac. I do all my food shopping at McDonald's. Yeah, I got the Big Mac and looked at it, opened it up. And I'm like, this might have been the most perfectly put together Big Mac ever. It wasn't messy. There wasn't anything like extraneous falling apart. Every other time that I've gotten them, they're like half tipped over like the leaning tower of bullshit. They're all in there. And so I actually ate it while driving. Nothing spilled, no problems. And it still sucked, Eric. It's the worst sandwich ever. It's so bad that I still feel like I can taste it, Eric. It's like I, I can't get the garbage taste out of my mouth. That's McDonald's called special sauce. Sponsor, 
it was the special sauce, but yet the special sauce intrigues me. It really does. Like, you can actually go Enigma and... Enigma wrapped into a mystery you are. People will end up saying it's just, you know, Thousand Island yeah. dressing, but I heard that is, I think it's more of Thousand Island dressing with a little ketchup and maybe, Eric, just maybe, a little tiny bit of relish in there. Well, That's yeah, how I would relish. make it. Well, remember when you ended up having the all-dressed chips from our great pals up north in Canada? That, at points, kind of tasted a little, but that had barbecue. I don't I don't know. trust your palate. But you can. Well, you should. I, I can <laughs> barely taste anything, and I have pretty poor taste in co-hosts as well. But you that end smell. up where you can, I know. You end up where you can get, like, dipping sauce deals of the special sauce now. Like, the nuggets, you dip it in the special sauce stuff. Or you can get, like, that at a knockoff version at Walmart. I saw that, and I thought, Huh, I think that that sounds pretty good. I'll get it. Maybe we get some fries. We'll dip it. I got it. I hated it at home, too. So it might be the special sauce. You're just it, dumb. You're just still, dumb. I, I think we got that maybe before the shutdown, and it's still in the fridge waiting to be throw eaten. Throw it out. Yeah, we should. We we don't tend to throw a lot that of things out. was two years out. ago. Yeah, I know. It's bad stuff. I ended up this afternoon also ate some chicken that it might have been a little too old. It was already cooked. That's the problem. Oh, it's fine forever then. Yeah, if it wasn't cooked, I, I would have thrown it away. It, you would have gotten the stank and stuff, but it was already cooked. I just can't remember if I cooked it this past weekend or the one before. And I'm talking like two weeks or one. Eh, I put I it in the air. Time works. I put it in the air for. I was like, people are like, what do you mean this afternoon? <laughs> I did not mean this afternoon. <laughs> Who's asking that question? I, I don't know. Some jerk off out there. Some guy who thinks he's funny <laughs> is what he's doing, but. Yeah, I, I don't feel so great. So if at any point I start you? retching, it may be because of the ending of Poison Ivy's first arc, or it may be that I have that bad chicken taste in my mouth, Eric. But to continue on, if you go over to the Patreon, one of the big plays that you can do over there, you know, the big Helps plays. Help afford new chicken. <laughs> just give us something so I don't have to get free Big Mac. Oh, my goodness gracious. You can be a millionaire. You know you're still doing that. The worst thing is I go and I try to get the Big Mac. Next thing I know, I'm in that Mary Marvel book down in a tent city. I didn't know what happened, Eric. I don't know what hit me. Uh, but And that's how the phone ended up. It all works out, Eric. It all works out with that app. Uh, but you can go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, as I said. And one of the big plays. Why do I keep saying the big plays? One of the you're shows. The big play kind of guy. <laughs> shooting dice there one of the shows that you can get one of our bigger ones is our weekly badass spotlight oh we that's have totally the big Patreon play on spotlight that is the big play that's like snake eyes right isn't that what you try to get when you roll the dice snake I'm eyes you said that i'm like how is this like a gi joe <laughs> i don't know it's a silent issue Aaron. so yeah. you go over and every thursday night me and eric get together and we talk two books that are picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew and this week, they seemed to throw us all a solid, we thought, because they ended up giving us Monkey Prince number eight and sort of Asriel number four. And they are the oddballs. Though, when I started reading the books for tonight, I'm like, oh my goodness, all these books just are running together in my head. Maybe we needed those. Too to much buffer. Joker. Yeah, really. Seriously, you're the Joker. But you end up where 17. Monkey Prince number eight, we like it enough. Right, we we like the character. I, I, I like you know Marcus Sun's like development. Yeah, so we like and sort of Asriel. If you want to hear Eric actually wax poetic about how much of he loves Asriel, you go what? to that Patreon. 
At least you can stand this one, though. They're doing stuff. Dan Waters is doing some stuff that at least you're giving them props because it seems to be changing. We are trying to get away from bullshit as or to the point that he's tolerable. Yeah, and it's funny. We're talking about it. I'm like, I just keep seeing new bullshit, but we both liked it enough, and we had fun with that. that. It's the weirdest book that when I read it, I'm like, this is not a fun book. But then when we talk about it, suddenly it becomes a fun book. I He's don't know how. Satan. He needs a heart, Jim. It, it becomes hilarious once we start talking about it. It's very odd. But yeah, you can it's go and boy. listen to His that. heart's too small. It's about an hour long. I thought it was just that the guy had a sus heart that he stole and the guy wasn't in shape. You, you ended up schooling me and talking about Andre the Giant is what we ended up doing, really, when we were talking about that. So if you want to hear that, go over to the Patreon. And all of that said and done. We've got to give a little shout out to the people who picked that uh, or those two books. It is the Badass Roll Call, Eric. And boom, we're going to have some new people. And that's really, really cool. Thanks, some everybody. In really the cool. deal. Well, it's all cool, Eric. It's cool like the sun, right? Here we uh-huh. go. We got Michael Jordan. Oh, my goodness. About time. I, I want to say, I know that Michael is probably so sick and tired of anybody he talks to. So I'm going to leave it there. We have Eric like John Wayne. But thank you, Michael Jordan. Thank you very much for joining up and being a badass. We have Eric K, double K, Jeffrey Greek, Stephen Batdad Mitchell, whose daughter won the contest for awesome. the Hawkgirl deal. So that was awesome. The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S, Forrest Polly, Cam, Matt Razor, D Man 3000, Lady Abby and Lord Andy, Red, Francisco L. Rock III, Niels T. Ward. David Fink, Joey Bercosco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Comic Boom, Rocky, Silaccio. What? Silaccio? Is that a jerk? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Mark James. <laughs> Your wife sits there too. <laughs> Oh, you jerk. Now you're going to be so much. <laughs> uh, you're making a mockery of this. Huh? <laughs> oh, now I get it. You son of a bitch. I, I'm not even joking. Before we recorded there, I'm sitting there, Filaccio, and I'm like, hey, Filaccio, what's going I actually, I wish you could see. I have to show you my browser history, at least some of it, Eric. I looked it up. What is the meaning of Filaccio? And well, let not, me show you. Nothing came up. I, I wish it did now that I get it. Let me repeat that. Phil, <laughs> Phil H. Gio. Uh, you are you're quite the piece of work. What are you talking about? Mark Jager. Caltrain <laughs> Stojan, Nick Adams, Ruben. We have to hit the thing again. Carlos. <laughs> Noah Wolfmar. Matt Rapier. Luke Hollywood. Simon. Luis. Man. Ship. And... Brian from Arkansas returning, and it really, nice. that is an exciting deal, and he has, he has some mail as well later. Nice. Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, my man Pete from MIC, Fem and Beyond, Mark, my man and your man, and all of our man, Rob Lewis, Femur, Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, Canada, and Double A, Ron Docks in Minnesota, and oh, yeah, yeah, Eric, a shout-out to the all-time great Reggie. I'm Reggie? telling you, you would have left. So, uh, Phil Achio. What if I did? Phil Achio. And the weird thing is I was going to ask you what it meant 
when you <laughs> ended up getting on tonight before we recorded. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that because he's going to call me. Not play this game. I thought you were going to call me. I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. And I think that when I get to the point, I work good under pressure. I'm going to figure uh-huh. this shit out. And then I say, oh, son of a gun. You son of a gun, you, Eric. Oh, my goodness gracious. But that is the a roll call there for the Bettis. Thanks, Bettis. Thanks, everybody on the Patreon. We really do appreciate it. But also thanks, everybody listening here. Get Fresh Crew. We have a bunch of books. Got a lunch a lunch of Batman. We also got, got a lunch of the Joker. Better and, pack your Batman lunch, boys and girls. Yeah, I mean, holy moly. It's it's one of those things that some this of these weeks. funny. Some of these weeks. Do you want to, you so wanted those animals to say that or him to say the joke. Ellen. But it really is one of those things where people complain. Hey, you know, too much Batman, too much. Uh, and we tried to, to deflect it at points. But then there's always weeks like this that come in. And you're like, yep. Can't say anything about it because they are nope. 100% right. So we'll get Front into street. that. Hopefully we can keep things, you know, going. Keep me, I don't know, focused there. Because I was having a lot of t- uh, problems this afternoon trying to get through these books. So we'll see. We'll see, if, we'll see if it all sunk in. I, I kind of what I did is I went to bed. I put them there and I laid on my tablet hoping the osmosis would kick in. But we'll see if it does. I got a little experiment. But thanks, everybody. And we will uh, be right back with the book. not right eric it is not right that song is gonna be <laughs> it's the all-purpose song I the thing is I, I like i like the song i like the changing it up to make it for the fail-safe city now instead of magistrate city but isn't this more of like a city of vain situation than a, like uh it what we have is with the but eric i don't care i'm just gonna no, go no, I'm with, fine it. with it it's just the idea though the story which i was really well, intrigued about is. by bringing the batman azura and all back and stuff like that the contingency failsafe robot in case batman ever crossed the line and what we have essentially now is just that city of bane to the point where we have failsafe robots that are trying to make sure that batman stays on point while letting black prisoners terrorize the people in the city I'm like what is the point of all this i, at this I point? just need to know i need i wish and usually we will get weird one shots and things like that I need to have a one shot where it's fail safe making these other robots. I need to see that he's not making them as good as him, that they're just like a little less, right? (laughs) He's so pompous that he can't do it because when you end up having him go against Batman, I'm expecting like, Bring some of your buddies. I mean, you, you got a whole army, don't you? But well, I what guess are they, they doing have to, except for keeping Justice Leaguers out of the city? I guess they're keeping Justice Leaguers out of the city and making sure people don't walk their dogs, right? And go out for milk at 10 a.m. I don't know. And that's the problem. And I'll give Chip Zdarsky a little credit because usually in these in City of Bane, you know, Fear State, all these things where Gotham is in lockdown, which we've had over and over the and over. Was getting run out of office. I end. Yeah. Yeah. I, what is going on with him? 
And the idea, though, is usually I will complain. He has an eye for the people. He does have an eye for the people. He just doesn't have an eye for their The other safety. one that we wanted, though. Yeah, exactly. It was the right eye we needed. Uh, and I mean the right eye. You end up where I usually complain, hey, we're not seeing the common man's plight. The John and Jane Doe walking the streets. With their young child. Yeah, and see what's going on. And in this, I've never said it, and I don't, because it's kind of a side thought. The whole thing of Gotham is not really that concerning to me when it's just, hey, this is Batman's doomsday, and it's going after Batman. And so it's a weird play. It's either that I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that, or maybe that's something that's left behind a little, because all through this, I know that Gotham is, you know, on lockdown. I know they're saying all this, but it really doesn't matter because in this issue, you end up doing something that is really odd where Chip Zdarsky, I think he ran into a brick wall here at one point because you want to you want to up the ante that this failsafe robot and his army that they could cause damage, but they won't kill. I mean, they might go after Batman, but anybody else is safe. And so you have to throw that out because when in hell would Batman ever make some sort of robot, even with R, that would be deadly to just common citizens? And I think it lessens it a bit, but you have to throw it out there because Batman wouldn't do it. And all in all, it just makes uh, very unfortunate circumstances, I think, for people in Gotham. They're now with their, you know, robot overlords. I- I'm telling you right now, I say failsafe actually wins the next mayoral election. I think things are great. The the crime's off the streets, maybe. I don't know. The crime is off over the streets. People from Black Day Prison are out for whatever reason, just terrorizing people off. Failsafe robots monitor the perimeter, make sure we keep Justice Leaguers and Batman out. But we're not protecting anybody. People are being murdered with their family on the streets by criminals. And I I think that there's a weird play here, too. Sounds like a political message right now. This, If you elect failsafe, who'll allow your family to be murdered by criminals on the streets? That's all I'm seeing right now is the big, like, election is coming up and it's over and over on YouTube. My god damn it, would you leave me alone? Failsafe only cares about the Justice League getting in. He doesn't care what happens in the city. Yeah, really. And that's another weird play. I'm glad you brought that up because you do have to point out Batman, Zornar, none of them would actually program something that would kill just regular people. Right. They would probably have a failsafe for that in failsafe. Ooh, but failsafe. there's also a, he has these contingencies. He's keeping the Just League out. But why isn't where, if he is going to take down Batman because Batman stepped over the line, where is that kind of play of oh, Paul Meredith getting a new Batman? Having make sure the city, because the city would be a Batman or Zornar, anybody makes this fail safe. Yeah, they want to take down Batman. But in the meantime, I think they also want to make sure that the city itself is safe. And maybe that's something we'll have going on where it is, you know, a single minded entity right now with the fail safe robot where he has to complete his first primary directive. And maybe sure he thought that it was easy. And once this is said and done, though, let's say because at the end of this issue, it looks like Batman at least maybe believed to be dead at the end of this whole thing. So maybe even the whole thing where we actually have the Bat family all hung upside down in weird tubes while Barbara Gordon is plugged into the computer and making her a real-life Oracle right now, a Oracle robot herself, maybe the whole thing after this is the fallacy of It's like, okay, I did my job. Dick Grayson, you're the new Batman. Do better well, than your predecessor. The, the weird play is, and you say that, and we'll get in the credits in a minute, the weird play, and I, I do actually, actually have to give 
Chip Zdarsky some credit where it was the idea that Alfred isn't around. That's cool. Every time the news articles come out like Batman murdered somebody, there I'm like, no, no, don't worry, fail safe. I'm going to reset you because it's some bullshit. And that answers the question that we but actually now Alfred's had. Alfred's not here. And Bruce Wayne can't be fucking bothered to take care of things like a fail safe. And he didn't really know. And, and you know, Alfred didn't really mention fail safe a lot to Bruce. So. But I think that the idea where... What book has Alfred currently... Oh, it's Batman versus Robin. I'm like, he's yeah, coming Batman back. Versus now, Robin. No, it's a devil Ness hot That'd be great. Maybe that's how it's solved. Maybe he actually comes back. But you end up where I think that this fail-safe program, I don't, I don't really love the idea of it trying to keep the Justice League out because it would be that play. Do you think that if Batman certainly killed somebody, if he did kill the Penguin, do you think he's the Justice bro. Leaguers would have been down with that? I don't think you'd ever think that a Batman and, and you know, fail safe the program wouldn't know how Batman would cross the line. But if he did, I don't think the Just League, I don't think Dick Grayson, none of them would have been down with Batman doing that. And that's where I think it's kind of an odd play. I don't know how much that Aquaman knows in this, except for Batman was healed by Aquaman in Atlantis for the last two weeks. So we can be back at 100 percent or at least close to 100 percent. So we can go back and take on fail safe and be all Batman about it. I don't know how much that Arthur Curry knows about the situation in Gotham where they, like, it said that Batman killed the Penguin and all these other yeah, things. Yeah, because he's not saying that, yeah. Even when Aquaman has the Atlantean Guard who are like, you're not our king, why don't we give a shit about a land or Batman? Like, you know how many times that Batman saved the world? You do whatever you can because he's done it too many times to fucking count. So maybe that's the whole idea, too, where the Justice League is giving him the benefit of the doubt, even though they don't know. And Phyllis is like, look at I, listen, I know what's going on here. I got to take him down. And I got to get through you assholes to do it. It's weird that they never even said, hey, Bruce, by the way, all this stuff, they'll say, put that aside. Did, did you kill the penguin? Right now, Paul Merritt is, is laughing Living his large. ass off. I'm telling you, he is watching the news, laughing his ass off. He loves it. He, oh, my God. He, he is going uh, to town here. Oh, my goodness gracious. God, I hope how, we get back to that story. How hilarious would it be if, just as an aside, we end up seeing this bouquet. That had been delivered to failsafe. It's from Paul Maris shop. Thank oh, I'll be the best. I'll be so great. This is Batman 129, by the way. It's written by Chip. Every Zabowski. week, Paul Meredith sends oh, a happy so anniversary to failsafe. Yeah, it's almost like the idea that uh, Joe DiMaggio always put those roses on Marilyn Monroe's grave. <laughs> he just keeps sending flowers. And, and there's you, just you not say that. It's the same thing as Bruce Wayne flowers. putting flowers on his parents' grave every year. Or what I do with my daddy's grave every year. I was, getting a, I was getting a little sexy. And I think it might be like either an anniversary. It might be every day, but he's dead and his money might have run out. I don't know. Art by Never. Jorge Jimenez, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Cowles. I think we owe him money for just saying his name now. Yeah, really. All of a sudden, I don't say Mr. Coffee. You're going to pay three times. So you end up starting this out and you do end up with that. Hey, everybody. Gotham sucks once again. This is where... I'm telling you, the hell you say. I don't know if you've ever heard this plan, but seriously, government should wall this ass city in. Well, Let's have a no man's land cataclysm. again. Exactly. That's what we need. I mean, just wall this in and let them fight it out, you know, and really go with like Escape a squid games, Gotham. right? It's the Gotham games. Just do it. Have you them all that. kill each go, other. Go crazy, Jim. It's a freaking snake twisted escape from New York. Yeah, that would be. But then you don't want the president, who at that point would probably be Lex again. For He'll some crash reason, land in there, right? For and some reason, send- though, Nick Connor's going to be snake twisted because <laughs> he has the yes. eye patch ready. Oh, my God. He would be. And then he'd go in, <laughs> trip and fall and kill himself. That's all it would be. This wah, guy can't wah. get out of his own way. Where's the tower? Uh, but, yeah, everybody's there. The town, the city, it's just, it's a shambles. Whenever you think of it, here's the it's funny play, too. Yeah, you, <laughs> what is it? It's another Tuesday. You have to make sure with your writing this, you are playing a game that we played over and over and over again. 
It's funny because I really wish we had one of those times, and Failsafe might have been the time where we actually had things running smoothly. You end up seeing Failsafe, he's in a board meeting with Nakano, they're they're getting along great. Not even a board meeting with Nakano, he's going back to Wayne Enterprises, putting on like a, a suit like, I am the Bruce Wayne. He's smoking up a robot cigar. I just need him to end up where everybody's like, man, I really like that failsafe. He's there opening up a grocery store. Nakano's sweating because everybody has a pro like signs for like that failsafe for mayor. His arm turns into scissors. People get a little whacked up by that, Eric. It's a little scary, but it's okay. He opens it up. He's kissing babies. He's a Swiss Army politician. It'd be great. I mean, it would be funny to actually see that the city finally has its protector it always needed. Feel safe. And then Batman, hey, just don't do your thing. And then Batman, that's Batman Batman gets so pissed off. And he's like, screw this. Let's go, Just League. We're going to go fight this unknown enemy in space. I think it might be Pariah. And then he goes and dies, right? So. You end up, though, that you have to show that, oh, Gotham needs that Batman, even though Batman has caused every bit of these problems. Without Batman in Gotham City, this would never happen. And so, yeah, he's healing down in Atlanta. When we're all said and done with this first arc of Chips and Darcy, you get this all of a sudden, I need Batman to realize the failsafe problem, yes, it was excessive, but he needs to, like, you know, do it better. I I don't think he's freaking, uh, like, uh, I can't think of the word when you get rid of something, but I don't think he gets rid of it completely. I actually think he tweaks it. it. Whatever, something along yeah, those lines. I had a word in mind, but next. I, that, that's what's going to happen. Oh, look, brother Batman's next, got right? some problems. He keeps you know involving the situation, He's but I, I need after this is all said and done, the Gotham not have things that are like invading it anymore. I need Gotham to be lay low for this while because this is getting to the point where it's almost just like the Joker, where it's overdone. Yeah, it has to stop. It really does. And maybe what we'll get because this will end, and then we'll get Dark Crisis, and then we'll be after that. And so when you come back. I don't know that Batman should just take a little bit of the sabbatical and get the hell out of Gotham. I know you want him in Gotham. You're going to have, but I don't know. Alfred died. I know. Well, he can't die again. Well, I guess he can. He's back. (laughs) Like, take him with you. If you dress up like Magnum P.I., make sure that he's there with you. That's it. He could dress up as Huggy Bear. He's Huggy Bear. We're just going to combine everything in. So you end up there where all this, he also looks like Lurk to him, so you can do that. Um, but you're down in Atlantis and Aquaman kind of wants to know what gives. Hey, what's going on? What's happening with this thing? And he tries to explain it. And then Aquaman finally realizes, oh, crap, you put a target on Atlantis. Like, you didn't know before. Well, eventually, after Frostafe goes through all the variables about where Batman would be. And so who's going to help? Like, we have not checked Atlantis. We better go check that shit. <laughs> I would have liked, actually, where because the Justice Leaguers are trying to get into Goth. And he says, this does not compute. Aquaman has not tried to enter the city. I wish that it was that program. And he's like, but he's bullshit. There's no water here. So that makes sense. Ah, 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 fish man. He can make some little mermaid jokes, right, Eric? He has those computed in there. But yeah, he's now realizing if there's any place that he's at, it might be with Aquaman in Atlantis. And even if it isn't, maybe he thinks he can go and talk to him. But before that even happens, you do have Batman tell him, says, you know, I got to get out of here. And you have that scene, like you said, and I thought it was a pretty good scene where, you know, the guards of Atlantis. You wait, our king, shut your mouth. (laughs) I'm glad that Chip Zdarsky's playing it because he's not. But he would still have the respect of all of I, them. I like the idea when Failsafe finally does, and Arthur Curry confronts him and stuff like that, and he starts going after the guards. The guards like, "Look, I will tell you where the surface dwellers. I don't give a shit about them. They go there. Batman's already gone. Well, shucks. Yeah, he's gone, and that's pretty cool. And it just shows you 
never trusted landing off, guards, right? That's off to one go. of my favorite places in the DC universe that we barely get to see anymore, except for that weird Harley Quinn. I actually thought we were going to deal with some of the things out of that. I was a little scared. But when yeah. we get to the moon base, I love the Justice League moon base. The idea when you had it back in like the, I think we started in Brad Meltzer's run back in the early 2000s with the idea of you have the Hall of Justice as like that thing that people can go to. It's just kind of a front organization. A front. So like, Exactly. You go and you do your slideways teleportation to the Sliders. real Justice League headquarters on the on the moon. And I, it's so disappointing that we don't get back this. I'm happy to see it here, even though we essentially like it was decommissioned in that Harley Quinn series. And the thing seemed to be in shambles there because we had, you know, mutated element X there just doing whatever it wanted to do. And now after Batman's that one, I'm like, are we getting back to this? Because it seems like it's as, as messed up as it was back when uh, Infinite Crisis started happening. And I, I do like that i'm I'm with you i like it i like the Love idea the though base. every time that we deal with it now it is usually the idea that something sus was left there they did this and that but having batman go and you see that things are left there i mean that's pretty crazy but when he goes that's the thing batman is trying to think ahead but he's got to think ahead in a different way he can't think like himself because that's how failsafe is thinking i think that's a pretty cool deal like superman too and so when yeah yeah exactly and so when you <laughs> have this you ended up when this started chip sadarsky did announce this is going to be he's he's a zoomer he ain't never seen that yeah, movie. no he hasn't seen that he ends up where he announced that Batman would have his doomsday and i thought that that was we we've heard this before we've heard oh my god this character is going to have that character. This character is going to have his Joker. This is that. This is a little bit more on the nose than I thought. I thought it was just like, oh, it's a just going to be a random villain that might be able to kill Batman. Okay, but this actually does play out like a doomsday fight. You end up having a unrelenting enemy that's just going to rip through everything to get to Batman with and no other that, goal. Thank you too. Yeah, and that's the big thing. The only one that can defeat Batman is Batman himself. Batman. Having all those plans and being smart, you have a doomsday now that is a thinking doomsday because you're going against Batman. And that's pretty cool. I wish that at the point where we get a big moment in this, that Batman, it's a crazy Hail Mary. I wish that it was more of that, like, I know it's supposed to be. Hey, I'm going to do something I never would do. But I was kind of confused at the one point. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're under attack, you do this stuff. But it is that weird play where he has to think. Not even just outside the box. He has to think opposite of himself. He should have went to the two faces and asked him how he does it, right? Flip the coin. He does that all the he time. He could have flipped the coin, though, and, you know, done a deal. But, yeah, he's on the run trying to keep ahead, and he does have a plan. We get through that narration as he's going. It's like, okay. And, and I like that. You're going along with Batman. He's not going to give you what he's going to do, but he's like, okay, I have to have him do this. Hopefully he'll do this. All right, you're going with the plan. But well, when he comes he- to the moon base, like, okay, I have a new Genesis freaking... 40 million gigawatt fucking gun I'm going to blast him with that blows his outer shell off, so that's getting somewhere. Didn't do the job I exactly wanted to do, but you know what? We're getting somewhere. I'm going to blow airlocks out of the moon base, try to suck this bad boy, whatever. And eventually, we're going to get to the point of the fight where I'm going to go into the Just League teleportation system, which Failsafe knows I would do. And he has taken out all of the, you know, the places that I can teleport to, except for one, which I know he's going to have trapped. So what I'm going to do is pull a Superman 2. I'm going to get inside this chamber. And everywhere else in the room is going to teleport but me. Ha <laughs> ha, safe. Yeah, he's going to do that, unfortunately. It rips apart, you know, the moon base, and he ends up in space. And then, oh no, I didn't think this through. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh God, okay, javelin one, javelin two. Oh no, none of that." Now he's taking out all the ja- and even the idea of calling out the javelin. We haven't had the javelin in so long and stuff like that. The idea that we have multiple and the failsafe without us having it for so goddamn long. Any of the like the Justice League jets, he's disabled all of them, so he has nothing. So it's just Batman 
floating in space, while he does have a, like a sealed suit that allows him to breathe, it is still minus how many degrees in space he is going to just float out there and freeze to death, and there's nothing that's going to be coming for his ass. The craziest deal, you're not going to wish for it, but he could start re-entry, and then he's dead as well. I mean, there's no way in this, but I kind of wish that we had I don't know, that. Do you think Batman could pull that off? Because I think he's small enough where he wouldn't create like any kind of burn to go into that, and eventually with the idea of bat, the Bat God I mean, if always you go back, I was just going to say, if you want to go full Bat God, then yeah. Where the I cape mean, becomes a parachute that he can deploy at some time, re-enter her too much. I mean, it's a lot. Like, I'm not saying that I'm a, like a smart guy and I know how the world works and how things work when they enter it, but I feel like from things I've seen in media, which media would never lie to me, the idea of a small enough person like this will be able to go in there safely into the atmosphere with this, you know, proper stuff. The idea that we have here with all the stuff that I'm talking about is the one thing that Batman doesn't have a contingency for right now in a suit where he is going to freeze to death if he doesn't get out of space soon. And again, I wish that maybe if you really want to amp up the tension and whatnot, you know, Superman can't get into Gotham. I wish maybe somehow he got captured by failsafe because then you'd know. Because he's they the did one. They say something about Superman in this, didn't they? Oh, no. The thing is, too, he was, yeah, he got pushed out. Plus, last time Superman tried to do anything, he got stabbed with a kryptonite knife. You know, he ended up, they tried to heal him. So maybe they should have shown because I just get the idea that, you know, one of those characters will go get him. But there has Not been plastic, people. Man. No, but I love the idea, too. It's like, some of these people have been taken down, and some of them, they're, they're on vacation and things. They're out and about because they are monitoring everything with Oracle. Brian is not getting involved. No, no, all of a sudden he's... Well, he could make that cocoon sphere around him, almost a Groot-esque deal like he did in Metal, and maybe that could be in there. Maybe that's why we saw Plastic Man. We'll see. Maybe that. Maybe you've actually stumbled on it without even realizing, but... That'd be a little wacky, too. The way that Failsafe and Oracle talked about this, 78% of metahumans with a connection to Batman have been attempted breaching Gotham, have been rebuffed or captured. 17% of the remaining beings are currently caught in unrelated skirmishes. So right now, Superman could be caught in an unrelated skirmish. Let's say War World. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Also, I mean, we're not even saying the idea that there's Batman floating in the dead of space. Who's going to make Failsafe not go and get him himself and just, yeah. you know, you're right. Adam Strange will help us. Actually, the way that it plays out, it was weird because when it said those associated with Batman, then I'm thinking, okay, what characters would you would you say aren't associated? Like, what are the ones? Because Adam Strange, so I think, you know, a little bit of a buddy with the Batman, right? And I'm just thinking, like, what? To me, in my mind, every character is involved with Batman. There's nobody that wouldn't be. But I was trying to think, like, is that the hint that somebody like that will save him? Somebody, I don't know, Lex Luthor saves him out of nowhere to make himself look good. Something well, even like the that. idea of these people who are associated Nakano. with Batman, what they know and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how well a technological being like Felicity would be able to determine, let's say, a dead man. But then I say to them, like, what can dead man do? Right now? <laughs> like, he's going to possess Batman and Batman's going to die still. <laughs> Let him die. But at least he, he wouldn't <laughs> realize he's dying because it's Boston and they're screaming and yelling. Uh, but that's a, as far as I went that I realized my logic made no sense. I, I do like though, where, you know, Batman had to do something. This was just the desperation plan. He just figured the javelins were there. There you go. Maybe that'll he's be not a deal. Human. He's an alien. Yes, he is. But is he? Uh, so yeah, we'll yes. see. And I saw some people reacting before this issue came out that, oh my God, this week Batman dies. Oh my God, Batman dies. So I, I went and did a song, Eric, and now I don't know if he's dead, so I couldn't play well, it's it. it's because you listen to people on the internet because of a cliffhanger where Batman looks like he's dead every fucking issue. I know. It's funny, though, that you're also now, so Chip Zdarsky is playing a game here, right? 
Gotham has fallen. We've seen that I last count 17 times in the last 24 hours. Then you end up where, oh my God, Batman's dead. But he's able to do it in a way that it actually feels like it does have a bit of oomph. Though, as the timeline seems to be, I said to you before we recorded, say Batman dies. Well, we know he gets revived to go die again. I mean, exactly. there you that go. Can't it's, be dead twice. it's so crazy that he may actually die twice in a hot weekend. It's Holy just going to be that situation where Buffy was prophesied to die when she opened against the master, and then she was resuscitated by Xander. And okay, the prophecy fulfilled. That's I'm waiting for that to be like at, when you're a kid, you would think that somebody who is on an electric chair, you zap them for the, you know the death penalty, they die, but then they're revived, then they get to go free, right? Like a kid I don't thinks think that's that, how that works. But a kid would think like, is that how failsafe works? Is it like? Well, you died. Oh my, my God. job he doesn't is have the, done. He didn't look at the fine points. He didn't the look at the fine print. print. Right He's like, all right. All of a sudden, you see Failsafe now has the uh, look of Magnum P.I. He goes off. I'd like Failsafe with a little mustache. He goes off, and he's there partying it up with Catwoman. So I am Mechanic Malone. If it, if it ends, <laughs> that would be good. If he ends up. Mechanical Malone. If he ends up where that's the fine print, I just needed to be around until you died. See you later. High five. Ah, uh, that will be lame. See you I next that. time, murderer. <laughs> you got me this time on the technicalities. I'm you, I feel like that's one of those situations where you can double talk a robot to where he's like, error, error. Because like, but technically I did die, feel safe. Oh no, oh, you've no. got me, Batman. I have to keep fighting you until you die. But but I did. Oh no, zeros are ones. <laughs> he just starts, you know, blowing up. Oh no. And now we see him, and he's working a amusement park Ferris wheel. Now, Eric, he's brain dead, and he's doing like Mammoth did. And then Damien's like, ha, I knew you'd get to my level uh, soon enough. But yeah, all this. I And when I said earlier about failsafe, you know, knowing or thinking that maybe, okay, Batman killed somebody, these other, the Bat family, all of them, they wouldn't be down with that. I really wish that you ended up where... You had one person. Dick Grayson would be the one for me. Dick Grayson's in the two. Everybody else is fine. And you wonder, why is Dick Grayson? And it's because he knows that Dick is so loyal to Bruce that even if he ended up killing him, he would be still on his side. And I thought that that would have been a kind of a neat thing just as an aside. It's just weird, though. Failsafe is like, it's only about bringing down Batman and the, no other plans. And that doesn't feel like a Batman deal, but... Maybe he thought it'd be easy enough. Uh, Terminator robot comes and takes Batman out. And then we, you know, go and have another battle for the cow, I guess. But uh, in that, though, it's okay. I liked it. I liked the the battle. I like the the action. And then, yeah, and then you get the backup. Because last last issue, I enjoyed the backup just for the simple case of it was trying to reintroduce people to who the Batman is or NR is and stuff like that in a contemporary kind of setting. Just to give you the basic gist of what we're currently dealing with with Batman. We love the Catwoman way more, but I didn't mind it. And now we get to the idea where Batman is really trying to create this personality in, like, you know, subconsciously in case his mind is ever taken over again. And he's working towards that. But it's making the Joker a little bit sad because Dr. Milo messed with the Batman's mind. And if Batman's as crazy as he is, does that mean the Joker's got to be the straight man of the gig? So he doesn't like this. The Joker, he lost his damn smile, Jim. He's the man who stopped here's laughing. The thing. This is the problem here. Where did they get this idea that three stories in a row we we have such a similar deal? And even then, what Chip Zdarsky in this backup is playing is, to me, it's almost the idea of 
Lisa Simpson being the thug. And, oh, my God, Bart, does that mean you have to be the good student and then he can't quite do it? That's all it reminds Bart me of. Put your hand yeah, down. Put You've your been hand wrong down. You've been wrong. <laughs> gets beat up for wasting teachers' valuable time. Valuable time. <laughs> it's so funny. But, <laughs> I, again, when you're reading these things, it's a real shame. And I'm going to say it again when we talk about the next book. The timing of these things, of all of them, Doing that's what I said. They're all bleeding in and out of my head. Uh, I got I problems. Agree. It's because right now we have same. a book where it's the Batman who's stopping the Joker, who the man who stopped laughing. We currently before this in the goddamn jokes and riddles and Tom King run had the had the Joker who lost his smile, the man who couldn't laugh. There now we have the same situation in the backup story that's trying to tell you about Zero and R, where essentially it's just Joker, you know, feeling a little bit blue for a while, murder some people. His fat man sad. Now he's happy, and the Zero NR is going to come out and take over. Yeah, and it's it's just too much of the same it's thing in one week, and it's not a great backup. There was a funny play too when you do end up seeing, you know, Dick Grayson upside down in the tube and things but like you that. You do have the Zero NR at the end of this, like Joker. I'm going to kill yeah, you. Yeah, you have that at least. Uh, when you see Dick Grayson and them hanging in the tubes, it did remind me of when Bane was, you know. Uh, hanging the Robins and Tom King's run, and then we never found out what happened from what that. Remember, it looked like that? they the were dead. That Bane's getting revenge happened. on the Bat family and hung everybody to death they in the Bat but they were fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, that's really when I really put started flipping my lid back then. Yeah, just put them in the tubes. That's we didn't realize that the tubes are actually not to hold the God, uniforms. They're boxes. People now, and it always happens where people look back, and people liked it at that point, but I think they were trying to convince themselves, but. When you go back and people start, oh, no, no, I reread it and it's great. I'm like, bullshit. There's no way. That shit. Because they let just everything just slide on by like that shit. They were hanging. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't get it, Eric. But yeah, what would you give this overall? Overall, I really enjoy the main story, even though you don't get a lot of progression with a lot of things going on. It's just Batman fighting off failsafe in a moon base and Aquaman saying, you know, that's my bro fucking Batman over there. Which is enough, though, for the way we're doing it because we have a, some great art going through. I actually care about this story want to see what happens next for batman and gotham and whole as a whole so i'm still going to give this even though there's not a lot going on a 7.5 out of 10 yeah, i'm an eight i'm an eight out of 10 i like the art and i like and that play. i could have been nate until that backup yeah i i always try to say that the backups don't normally affect my score but i they affect me when i have to read it and get pissed off i did get annoyed but the problem is i got more annoyed each story i read in this first section being the same thing and then i really was upset but I, I did like it. And again, the progression, it's like the progression of, of the Doomsday story, the death of Superman. There wasn't a ton of full out, you know, plot to it. It was just a straight up fight. And I like seeing Batman trying to desperately come up with a plan. Maybe he should have like, as he was running away, like he has his keys and he's like, ah, ah, to see if the jab well, ones even were the plans that we have weren't great. Like even in Failsafe, where we just have like, you know, the Bat family or the, I forget if it was the Bat family or the Justice Leaguers at one point. Oh yeah, we happen to be in a part of this one block where it has all the contingencies for the Justice League in case they happen to be here. That was just on the nose out of nowhere. And so even with Batman, like, I'm going to take him to the moon base. I'm going to blast him with a gun, blow an airlock, and then t reverse teleportation him. And I'm like, I needed just a little bit more, like the idea of this fight with this overwhelming presence. It doesn't feel all that thought out because it's a gun, airlock, and teleporting. I, um, I, when you were talking about that, the stuff with Batman, your nonsense has to end. I was going to say at that point, I'll just say it now, like, once this is over, first off, Nakano has to go, but you can't keep making buildings into mechs. You gotta stop that. You can't let the town make towers for Arkham. You gotta get back to the basics here in Gotham and really tighten the ship up a bit. 
and not get it taken over again. Because I think that you make Gotham great again. Is it Clayface next? I mean, who's going to take over the city next? Really? It's like going to go down. I want to see that. I want to see that story now. Clayface (laughs) to take it over. It just has City of Clay. He has all that. Oh, that actually would be pretty good, right? And then you'd have a bunch of different Clayface, you know, people walking around. I don't know. Clayface people. Clay soldiers. Clay soldiers going around. Be pretty cool. And then we could have that song. Clay soldiers. That would be pretty good. Actually, if you were going to do anything at this point, after this, the only play I could see involving maybe taking over of Gotham is somebody finally, and I'm talking maybe a good guy, saying, I got to take this. You cannot do this anymore, Batman. Get out of here. It could be Ghostmaker. Who knows? But we'll move on to the next book that was all the rage for the badass, well, everybody, to get fresh crow. I want to ask the badasses right now because they really said, you guys got to review this book. I got to know what the hell you're thinking about the Batman and the Jokers, the deadly duo, because this is so, like, is so great. We need to know like what you feel in the current Batman situation about this book. It was delayed for years and years. And I'm like, I read the book. I'm like, you know what? You got me, guys. Well, I will fucking do my due diligence. <laughs> I will put one more book on this podcast, even though I don't want to, because you will. reading's hard. You know, I keep talking about it with Jim, but who wants to do it? But I just don't like out of continuity books because what we're current landscape is in DC Comics. You've got a million Batman out of continuity books, and what's the point at a certain you know time? You know, okay, we're gonna do this. And I read the book, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like. Why the fuck did anybody want to read this book? I I have a theory. I'll give you the credits and we'll talk a a real tiny bit about the, you know, how this came about. But it's Batman and the Joker, Deadly Duo, number one, written by Mark Silvestri, art by Mark Silvestri and Arif Priano. I just want to mention that Mark Silvestri does the pencils, right, Eric? The inks. And does the lettering. Oh, my God. Goodness, Ooh, triple threat. Triple threat. Quadruple threat. He wrote it, too. So there you go. Oh, shit. And so he did all that. That, that may take time, Eric. I don't know 10 years, but this book was... Is he fucking Axel Rose? <laughs> it is. It. And you're just talking about showing up for a concert, let alone the Chinese democracy. Chinese democracy Holy yeah. moly. You didn't realize that I didn't say colors by Buckethead. You end up here where he <laughs> ended up writing and, and doing things on social media. He was drawing. This is about 2012. And it feels like it so, through and through. And uh, at that point, you know, most of us, we were reading some New 52. We were afraid the Mayans were correct, Eric. It, it was a wacky time back then. And uh, he ended up on social media. Hey, everybody, check out my Batman. Oh, man, that looks awesome there, Mark Silvestri. You're great. Yeah, check out this. This is going to be a book. I'm actually going to be writing a Joker Batman book. Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. And then it went dark. And then in 2018, years later, 2018, Dan DiDio in a, you know, uh, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic Company was there up there with Jim Lee. And they announced that, indeed, this book would be coming out. Mark Silvestri's Batman book. It's in the works. And even then, Dan DiDio said, we're not going to say anything because we're not going to announce it until it's done. Because of yeah. this. And I think that Smart he should have went and said because. Seriously, he was there with Jim Lee. Like, you know what we're talking about, right, Jim Lee? Because Jim Lee's just as bad, right? Huh? So, huh? yeah, and I was like, not Jim Lee. Jim Lee's like, How's I will kill you. It's like your boy Wonder, right? And huh? then All-Star. Jim Lee's like, just settle down. Don't get mad. He'll be fired and you'll still have a job. Just watch it. So you end up where finally it, it's coming out now. And I saw a lot of hype for it. Now, I think that the weird play is, in my mind, the hype was lessened slightly because it was around that same time I heard about this that I heard about the Batman Spawn. And that was, you know, everybody going nuts. But I did hear a lot of people because Mark Silvestri, Witchblade, and one of the co-founders of Image, this is 
supposed to be a big sim. So he ends up coming in. And I think that the play here, and I think why people are gaga about it. I like the art. I don't know if you're going to. Yeah, the art's like, fine. Yeah. So you, you got good art. I think Batman looks great. I like the way that everything flows, this whole thing, because you have that dark, dingy atmosphere of Gotham City that I do love that felt like it was really all over the and place I think in the early days like of the new that. too. I also think that you're getting a Harley Quinn that people can get behind a little more. Not that you see a lot of her, but it's that play where I think that maybe because it the Joker's girlfriend it does feel like this is from 2012. It feels new 52. And I think that people before the emancipation of Harley. Yeah, exactly. And I think that with all of this, I think that it's a good book. It's not great. And I think the hype got us thinking it was going to be so great. I think that right now people just want good books. I think that people want good books with characters that are written in a way that you could recognize well, them for the how thing you like is it. The that's idea what I think of it a has. Good book and the idea that this does feel like a very 2012 New 52 as like you know Batman story. This even Mark on. Silvestri's art for some reason it like it just fits that era as oh, well, right? It just looks yeah, like it. it, it worked. And uh, the idea though is like. You want a good story, but you want your handheld the entire time for like you're reading a Batman book. You're reading an out of continuity Batman book. I gotta think that you're a little bit like you you know the dope of the Batmans, you know? So the idea that we're this is Harvey Bullock. He's one of the good cops, even though he struggles with it sometimes. Not like some of the other cops in Gotham. Hey, did you know that some of the cops in Gotham are corrupt? I'm like, come come, come and on. It's weird play because you have Mark Silvestri and he's coming from image to do this. Please, Batman and Joker are big enough. People know Batman and Joker, and I think that the problem I have, and it's... Oh my god, the Joker's on a killing spree, but it's not quite the Joker. When the Joker does find out, Joker, you're my arch nemesis, how could I ever team up with you? Well, let me tell you this, Batman, we're gonna be doing this dance forever, because, you know, Batman and Joker! I'm like, look, you're doing this weird <laughs> thing, and I swear it's almost along the lines of what we had with Tomasi's Detective Comics, where that thing was going around and killing all of Batman's, you know, masters and trainers and stuff like you mean that. Birthday Even though present? we found out it was a... Yeah, it was his dream machine, it was birthday dream present machine. to himself. But when you have a situation where your big bad of the story seems to be this guy who's going around who, you know, everyone's like, it looks like the Joker. He's got the white skin. He's got the green hair. But he's also not the Joker. You have two DNAs of regular people and the Joker combined to be some unstoppable, unkillable monster man to the point where the Joker's like, shit's going on, Batman. We need to work together. I'm like, no, we don't because you're still the fucking Joker. How, how great it would it be? I mean, just change this to just please have the Joker's face stapled on and then I'm right in. And even then... The story, I love that one. I it's scary. So, it's it scary is so scary. Much. That's what the best part of it is. And I like the play where this does feel like that edgy, again, New 52. It really does. And so it does well, Even the idea when you have feel. the Batmobile here, it is the Batmobile from New 52's Batman and Robin, and even Grant Morrison's Batmobile before that, going into it. Even the way the Catwoman looks here and stuff like that, everything right here it does scream 2012 through and through, especially the Batsuit. I, I like that as well as everybody else. And there's even people who probably didn't love the new 52 but are liking this again because the timing now the timing this week with all these books with the joker and all of them lost their laugh and smile and nonsense that that is a shame right and it really oh, is no, this week the joker lost his cool yeah i mean this week the joker lost every fucking thing i don't even know what the hell this guy's doing but the timing for a book like this though overall that it was delayed and comes out it might have served it okay because of that idea that people are not nostalgia, but they're looking for books, and it's a weird play. This is a out-of-continuity Black Label book that yet still seems to get the characters better than some of the main solo books these characters oh, yeah, are in. Oh, Sassy Alfred and everything. Yeah, and so I really do like that. The only thing I needed was when Batman swoops in and does the Maverick flyby. He blew his wig back. He should have yelled, he's a goddamn pterodactyl! 
That's all no. I needed. Yeah, you I got me dark Batman the Dark Knight. That's again. what I needed, Eric. But yeah, he swoops in on the police there, and and all that stuff going on. Because we got problems with some of the detectives outside of Bullock. Because these other detectives are like the Batman don't run the GCPD. We ain't going with that stuff. To the point when Batman does finally track down this Joker monster man and tries to take him down over and over again to like no, no like a like a to no winning situation. When you have the SWAT team show up and there's like. We ain't going to listen to you, the Batmans. And they're like, look, we got people around. Don't go near him. We don't know the situation. The place isn't secure. Look, you, Batman. <laughs> and then the Joker, the Joker monster man gets up and then blows up a city block to crash through a wall with lousy piping for the gas lines and stuff like that. And then like, oh, yeah, the SWAT leader said it was Batman's fault. I'm like, yes, I understand. Fail yes, safe activated, and right? the idea that we're doing this whole thing. It's like, Jim Gordon, he's out fly fishing. He's on vacation right now. So it's Bullock you got to deal with. To the point where we got to bring Jim Gordon back in. I really think it's not going to be Jim Gordon for whatever reason, unless we can do some scientific verification. verification but I think, it, I think it is. Batman's I think he's just torturing him. And that's he sends the big Batman play. a gift. Yeah. Here's Jim Gordon's appendix. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, that's pretty harsh. And then he says, if you don't go along with me, he'll start losing parts he needs. Jim Gordon. Yeah, I know. He just can't catch a break. Uh, but if you go and, again, I don't know when the script was read. Like, is it possible that this script was written in 2012 and then put away and then they just, okay, I'll get back to the art? Because at this point, you think that when he eventually did it, you're kind of just, you know, doing it then. And the weird thing is this would have fit well. The idea that you said it's holding your hand, it's that would have played a little better after a year or so of the new 52 because you did have some new readers coming in. You want to establish what this Batman, what this Gotham is, but it really feels like the new 52 anyway. But at this point now, as an out, you spend too much time just giving the basic information. But I said it looks great, and I think that people are going with nowadays. It's sad to say, but if a book's good, they'll go for it because a lot of these books suck, and this is this but doesn't suck. You have suck. the Batman and the Joker teaming up against not only one but multiple Joker monster men who show up at the end of something. I'm like. I think we might be getting too much Joker right now, even though I, I didn't want to be the guy who did that. Like the idea of there's too many bad books. We joked about it at the beginning of the show. When it's when you're right, you're right. The thing is, it's all over the place. It's all that there's ever is of DC Comics anymore. And when you have a Batman book right now, who's it comes out the same week as a Batman Joker book. It's the same week as a fucking Joker book with two Jokers and, in it. I mean, I'm telling you, then you have a, a, you know, a Joker solo book where he's doing this and he's got to do that. The Joker has lost his zeal. You really, this is a special character that should not that, be every is, week. I actually like the the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, because it intrigues me. But with all of this oversaturation, you're watering down your characters to this point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, if the Joker goes away for a little, which I thought he was. I mean, Joker War, he's going to go uh, all of a no, sudden. He's come the back Joker strong. You have the Joker solo series where he goes off at the end of that. I'm like, okay, now we're done. Even the idea at the end of Task Force Z where Jason Todd is going to go look for the Joker in Texas because the last place he's been seen. Apparently he never got on the goddamn bus to do it, but I'm like, okay, the Joker's been put away for a little while. And then, oh yeah, we got this other Joker series And then we out. have a backup, and then Jokers. we have this, then we have that. And yeah, now it's so funny. Like you said at the beginning, there's your joke. I'm the 14th and you Joker. you the punchline book, the new girlfriend of the Joker. Yeah, really? <laughs> so the ridiculous. Harley Quinn book, the ex-girlfriend yeah, of the Joker. and uh the Poison Ivy book that's writing letters to the ex-girlfriend of the Joker. did see in a, a bunch of people, you know, saying, okay, their own now we're back to a good Harley, the bad Harley. I, I'm not on that train. I like Harley by herself. I'm one of the few that don't mind her even trying to be a hero. It's just that right now she's being written by a shit writer. I, I, don't Ooh, give the idea. Yeah, don't give the <laughs> idea there that, 
oh, it doesn't work because of uh, that. You know, it's not working because a shitty writer right now. And then Teeny Howard, I don't think, is going to save that book either. And then eventually, you're going to have to go back to Harley, I don't know, having a, a break, a mental break, and then going back to being bad, I guess, because we just she's do not that working. Yeah, no, she didn't. She's just kind of a little wacky. She doesn't seem that bad. Going on? She's so just more, well, she's more mad. She's at like, God. when do they get a load of me? No, she's get a load of me, but she seems in my mind to be like, oh, I'm going to go after the villains and that. We'll see. But it's but just more brutal. This is more of a voice of Harley that people would be familiar with or one. And but it's, been it's, asking like, it's like for. one page. Yeah, I know. But at least she's here and you're kind of getting that feeling. Oh, my God. The, the Harley's been kidnapped by one of these monster Joker men. And the Joker's going to come looking for it. You don't know. Joker's going to wait. There's a vendetta with these Joker men against Joker, apparently. They're going to get put, like, yeah. go back at him, but also now Joker. I just yeah. even the idea the, that Batman would kill the Joker. It's, it seems like a weird situation that the Batman would never do. Yeah. Even though we've probably seen it a million times, and I'm not counting all those different times, but it just it doesn't feel like a situation that could happen in our current day. Maybe he'll behead him and put him in a jar, a head in a jar, right? And then they can go around. Last night on Earth. Yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah. that. It's a decent, it's not bad. It's a, This is an easy book. If it's, somebody, it's very underwhelming If to me. somebody wasn't reading all of the other books and somebody said, well, what book should I get this week? This probably would be the book I suggest to get, number one, first off, and it would lead them into it and it's a new Look, story. if you haven't read any like Batman since the New 52 happened, go hog wild because you'll feel right at home here because it's new to you. And again, we kind of maybe get in this tunnel vision that we do read all the books that come out. We talk about most of them. So it is one of those where we're looking at it and people have to realize that, too. This section of books has three books that are very, very similar, and this one doesn't really matter. It's it's an out-of-time book. It's coming out late, and it's Black Label, so that kind of lessens it a bit, but because of the timing, it's okay. I think that my big review of this is this feels like a prelude. This doesn't feel like an actual story really has started until the very, very end, so this was a little lackluster. I was a little hyped up for it. I think it looks great, but by the end, okay, I, I sit there and say, let's get to the story. Let's get to the next issue. Maybe it starts really hitting, see a Maybe bunch of characters and stuff like that. And I, Yeah, it'll be like you with World's issue. Finest. So it is the first issue. And usually I'm one to be like, oh, man, we don't see that. But it didn't feel like anything really started. You got your because, adversary, you got subplots, and yeah, you got what's going you on with the Deadly Joe. setting up the, the premise, but the story itself now will start. And I think that the problem is, is you did a lot of hand-holding in this. There was not a lot of time to get the thing it going. It just felt like paint-by-numbers Batman at this point. Yeah, it did. I mean, it it did, but... This part? Name it, no, I moved. I, I actually pulled my <laughs> sleeves up and the chair creaked. I wish I did, Eric. I kind of do have a stomach. <laughs> hey, listen, I could do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in this point, though... Do you think that the world's finest stories by Mark Wade are the greatest stories you've ever read? They're really not, no. but they're fun, and they kind of harken to a other deal. I think that this does the same thing. Like I think the Force that, Awakens. Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, though, it doesn't hold up. Uh, hopefully those do, but yeah, Force Awakens, then when you go back, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't so great, was it? So we'll have to I say. Know, I haven't gone back, but I'm going to say yeah, I like it still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just with that, I think that what we have to look overall is that idea that people, you know, reading fans, they just want a decent book that has characters they can recognize in situations that may be a little wacky. I mean, Batman joining up with the Joker, but that's kind of a cool deal. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't write characters you don't know. 
he seems to know these enough to at least hold our hands with them. So at the end, it's good. It's not great. It's I'm looking forward to the next issue, and then we'll see where we go. But what would you give it? 6.5 out of 10. I really love the art in this. And like I said, it's a paint-by-numbers Batman, but it's a Batman you understand and you recognize wholeheartedly. And through an era of Batman, which people give shit to the Nifty 2, I actually enjoyed that era of Batman. Yeah, we liked Endgame. it. So the whole thing with that, it's fine. It's just something that I felt like I've seen a million times, and even the point where like our big bad is just mutated Joker monster, man. I'm like, I'm just not that interested overall. Yeah, and in the New 52, we like the John Lehman Detective Comics, but this oh, feels yeah. like this would have been, like, if you didn't have that, you could have had this. This would have been Detective Comics I feel Comics like this takes place in a weird, like, pocket dimension in between Death of the Family and Endgame. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it does feel like that deal, and I'm not, that was when I first started liking comics. I was reading things and loving a lot of stuff, including Batman and Detective at that point. So I it did. I liked it. It just, I need to get some more. I'm going to give it a 7.5. I'm a little higher than you. I think it's a solid book. It just didn't really, it, it didn't get me hyped up like everybody else was saying. And I think that maybe that caused a bit of a problem. Maybe. I'm like, all right. Did everybody like, else wrote it for me. I'm not the hard maybe. case. It's everybody else's fault. Man, I'm saying, I just was so like, oh man, they really like it. And I heard hype beforehand, but that was just Mark Silvestri hype. But once people were saying, oh my God, it's so good. You got to do this. I'm like, Man, it must be really good. And then when I jumped into it, like I expected when I saw Harley, oh, we'll get more Harley because I kind of like this Harley. Oh, Catwoman, that's the Catwoman new for the art. And then they're just there almost to be like, hey, look at us, and then leave. It's just hey, look, weird. It's, Harley and Catwoman. It really feels like almost there. the idea of Mark Wade with some of these characters, but at least they did something. You know, the Doom Patrol's doing wacky surgery Doom and shit things, and stuff, yeah. right? So. But yeah, at the end, 7-5 for me, but we'll move on to the next book, which, hey, Eric, it's another Joker book, right? Sure is. Oh, my. The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number two, written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Carmine D.G. DeMonico. I, I always think we're saying that wrong, and I think we are. But Arif Briato, Tom Napolitano, Francesco Fragavilla, Troy Pateri, and Dave Wildgaz. And in this issue, if you remember from the previous issue, we had the Joker. He's back, and he's larger than life and in charge until everybody else in Gotham, the underground that is, said, Get the fuck out, Joker. We don't want you jokery ass out here no more. So the Joker left, and he went over to L.A., started taking over crime families out there, and then told the world, or told the country at least, because America is not the whole world, no matter what we want to think, told America We that are jerks I'm like that, go though, right? Do, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go and take over everything, and we fuck Gotham because they don't deserve my ass. I'm going to go and do all this stuff. So people are like, hey, who's the Joker's cleaning up the city, even though he's doing the Joker things? But along the same lines, we, back in Gotham, we had a man who the Joker had shot in the head, who was a mystery man to us the entire time until revealing the fact that he himself is the Joker as well. So we have two Jokers going on in this book, and we're dealing with a dual story, what the Joker is doing outside of Gotham and what this other Joker is doing inside of Gotham. And thankfully, we have Jason Todd, who was supposed to go to Texas look for the Joker, but is still here and for some reason has the white stripe back of his hair like he did pre-New 52. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but also, if you're going to make weird little caveats to your idea of who Jason Todd is, you can have the white hair back. But at least give me the new 52 look of J- uh, J- uh, Red Hood you because that, that was my favorite. And I don't like the new costume. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I actually thought that this issue was a little bit of a letdown for me. I Last issue intrigued me. This issue just felt like the same thing over and over. It felt like something that could have been a backup itself that was stretched to keep going. And, and I kind of lost interest by the end. You end up having Jason kind of 
you know, behind the Joker is trying to figure out. And then we find out, oh, my God, the Joker is in L.A. That's not the real Joker. But we he's not the real actually one here, in L.A. He's actually duping everybody to make him think he's in L.A. where he's someplace else trying to lie low a little bit while making the world like the world again. I said America really worried about what he's going to do next. But we have our other Joker in Gotham trying to figure out what happened to him, get his crew back together and his life. Yeah, I just thought that it, it just kept going on and on. And it, it really and again, wasn't it intriguing. It is establishing things to make sure that you can get the understanding, and not the understanding, but understand the mystery of it all. Are we actually dealing with the Joker here who is going through all these things, trying to do Joker things to get his life back to the point where he thinks he should, getting his old crew back together, finding out that the rest of them were like, you know, Hey, you're not the real Joker. The Joker was like, you know, driven out by the Penguin and the Riddlers and the Black Mask. Like, that's not true. And then all of those organizations being worried the Joker is actually still in town. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's kind of a neat, but you, it didn't shock me. I saw some people in the Slack saying, oh, my God, it was so crazy when we found out this. I'm like, I didn't think it was that crazy. And when I was reading it, I was I was bored. Now, again, we just got through two books, one with a backup of the Joker, another full out Joker. And now this. I'm jokered out. I mean, at this point in this section the of the deal, <laughs> the joke is on me. And I am not a huge fan of Carmine D. Giadamonico's art. I never have been a real huge fan. And I think at points it ends I up think being, this book looks great. I think it ends up being confusing at points. It ends up like some of the progressions I didn't love. And also just throwing out like 102 AM. I'm like, no, no, I, I will give you this. The progression of the time frame is something I hate, especially when we think we were not jumping around. We're just doing like a linear progression of the story. But I I hate the idea that we give a little time frame thing at the beginning of each new little chapter that we deal with. Any kind of setting change, now it's 10.45 p.m. Like, I don't care. Stop it. Yeah. And and to me, this story, I mean, really, you already in the little kind of almost like a blurb that you did before. You've talked about the whole issue. I mean, that's what happens. Well, that's There's the not I didn't want that to catch much. everybody up for some yeah. reason. What happened last There's issue. <laughs> not that much going on here with just, you know, the Joker going. And if you are intrigued with the inner workings of the here's the thing. If he ends up and goes and gets his crew, some of them, if not all, will die. They'll piss him well, off. No, dude. I mean, it happens all the time. This is what happens. But he has his main man. Cardiff that he needs to kind of set him up and do those things, but everybody hey, else. Hey Cardiff, is- why'd you shut down our old hideout? Well, the penguin came in, either taking up all the stuff. Well, that's stupid. Like, hey, can you help me out? Look, boss, I'll do anything you want. I'll put some crew together, even though they've moved on because they thought you were out of Gotham. They thought you were, well, I could have been dead. We're just doing LA shit. But also, I have a green suit. It's all yours if you want it. I don't think it's going to be in your size because Cardiff looks like kind of a big dude, but it fits him okay. But when the Joker is trying to, because the Joker is just a mess. We saw him in like, you know, Almost like his old red hood costume. It looked like a maitre d, like, you know, just a, like a tuxedo kind of suit with a bag over his head. But now he's like, he looks like a homeless guy that like bums or like not even bums, but just kids are trying to pickpocket him on the subway to the point where he is doing all this because even when they say, oh my God, the Joker's back, we just robbed the Joker. Oh my God, the Joker. He looks rough because for one thing, he still has that bullet hole in his goddamn forehead. Like, what's going on with that? How does this tie into things? Because is it that the Joker is here? Is it a messed up guy that Joker makes him think that it is the Joker when it's actually not? Because the point that really, like, you know, raised my eyebrows, blew my wig back like Batman did that detective in the other one, was when this Joker went to Harley Quinn for help. Like, they're still together. I'm like, you know what? I don't know how you know how she lives, but I want to know more about what's up with this, especially the way that Harley ends up treating him. Well, I really wish that Kevin came out, too. Like, hey, what's up? What's up out here? Oh, well, my goodness. Is, I don't think Kevin is here because I don't even know what a, like where she'd be I living know. in this. It's definitely not a boat, and I don't know if it's that weird little apartment that she had for like five, you know, 
like pages at the beginning of the Harley Quinn book. Kevin, come because you are going to play this idea of how Harley is going to react. Is there a crazy deal? Either, that, though, if right. Kevin came out, that really puts Kevin under that pressure as well because of that. And I just want him to come out. What's going on? And like Joker just said, what are you doing with that tattoo? <laughs> he starts laughing at him. Like, oh better God. life choices. Oh, or, or Joker just talks to the tattoo, thinking that's his head. Hey, what's going on there, pal? Uh, I think that it could have been a really neat way to have that synergy throughout. It could have been a real interesting scene, even if it was. That was the best part of this. Like you said, he even says, yeah, a little hazy, some things. I got shot in the head. And so you start to worry, you know, what's real, what isn't. Are we seeing it through his perspective and things like exactly. that? Exactly. Is, Jason Todd is coming down. narrator what he's telling us? And he never is anyway. So that exactly. throws that but other bit in. So now. And that worries me more than intrigues me i think at this point because i don't need to be led around in some nonsense story that doesn't end up being but i'm not seeing something here that i would say oh really that's what was going on you think that that it does feel like he you know things that are going on are actually going on but he is in that neat way like you said going to harley thinking that's where you go harley's always home and not even realizing you know, crap, you know, she hates me and she's going to end up screwing and me knows, over. We are so far removed from the idea of a Harley Joker reunion to the like, we've done that to death where the Joker comes back in her own book, whether it makes sense in continuity or not. But we are done with that. We have moved past it to a point where I don't actually think about worrying about it anymore because it wouldn't even feel right. But this does feel right because he shows up because it's not it's an out of source Joker that's not like, you know, knowing exactly what's going on. Harley beats the crap out of him, ties him up, and they actually have a pleasant-ass talk. Even some jokes being had in there, like, you know, how you, how you doing? You know, been better? Like, I'm, I'm better. Like, you been better? Like, you know, this little back and forth. It's yeah, like it's a little niceties yeah. of it. And I, I liked it a lot to the point where Harley, after all said and done, where, like, he's just talking about the idea, well, this is more of a caring Joker who cares about what's going on Harley, or the real Joker never would, or at least the, the Joker we have currently wouldn't actually care about what's going on. To the point where Harley's like, look, I'm going to be letting you go because, uh, I'm going to, he's like, I'm getting you something to drink. He's like, uh, no, you just look like you're about to drop dead and I don't want you all dying on my carpet. But it's like, you're not him. You think you're not him. I think you're some guy, some poor sap who you made to think he's him. You're exactly, you're just another victim of the Joker, just like me. And even the idea, is this the real Joker? Is there a possibility of it? And I want to know. Is the Joker capable of being a better man than he is or at least acting like it when he's like, and it's a weird play because you think Harley would. She would be the one who would know, or is she and screwing I like with him? Harley's compassion here as well. Uh, I I think that maybe there's another thing, and maybe I didn't give it enough credit because I was going to rip into Matthew Rosenberg. But again, I don't know that I trust him fully with stories. A lot of times he ends up fizzling out by the end. But in oh, this, right. you start out with one of the lamest jokes ever. I mean, really, you start out with a joke that's so generic that I've heard a million times. Maybe it's because like it. maybe I've heard, I've heard this joke two weeks ago. That's how lame that joke is. I heard the variation of this on the radio, on sports radio. And it kind of tied in with, you know, the idea of sports fans and like, you know, this. But it was the same joke. This is one of the oldest, lamest jokes ever. And I think that he's going with the idea that the Joker's off, that this wouldn't be that clever for him or good. I think that he's actually telling a lame joke because he's kind of disoriented and, and off. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. Like you said, but even though, the idea where we play off at the end of this whole thing after he like confronts Harley and Harley lets him know, like, look, you're not him, sweetie. You're just like, you know, been drugged, you've been messed with. You're a victim. Like, look at your reflection. You you don't even look like him because I think he is beat up. Like, I think he looks like the Joker, but is he a perfect masculine Joker? I don't know. Is this a variation of where we left off in the three Jokers and stuff like that? 
because the Joker was making other Jokers. Is this a left? Somebody's left behind, like Kirk Cameron. I don't know because people give the three Jokers a lot of shit. It didn't like you know completely hit hit for me at the, by the end, but I liked the story enough for what it was. If we pick up on that idea a little bit, a little bit, I don't know why the Joker continued doing this, or even why the Joker at this point in time, when he comes back to Gotham and has all those people lined up to shoot in the head, and he shoots this one in the head. I don't even know when he would have time to make another Joker, let alone fuck with him and make him think he's a Joker. But when you have this Gotham Joker, who's not, might not be the Joker, look into the mirror, is the idea is that he's just like, you know, looking at his reflection out the window and then Jason Todd yeah, shows I up on the other end. Because Todd a lot of people, exactly. And Jason Todd, we've seen him throughout this whole thing, you know, looking for this Joker. He's like interrogating people, beating the crap out of him because Red Hood's back in town. Even the idea when you have Red Hood, like, I heard Jesus was dead. Yeah, I kicked that a lot. I got better. Those lines alone are great because I love me some Jason Todd. I just looked like, he, wish he looked like the New 52 Jason Todd. But like people were talking about in the Slack, just the idea when the, the hand comes through the glass, like the porthole. And that's funny too. It is a porthole window, almost like she is on her barge, even though it doesn't feel like the barge at all. But is it a window looking out? Is it Jason Todd attacking himself? Is Jason Todd the new Joker? People are talking about it in the Slack, at least briefly. Is it Fight Club? I just misread. Is it Fight Club? It's a Fight Club. I want to know. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool enough, I guess. But. I, I don't know. It just, I was bored reading it. Now we're talking about, I'm getting a little more intrigued by it, but reading it, I thought it was a slog to get through. It was a repeat of scenes of walking down streets, turning here, going and getting a crew, killing them. It was very generic to me. But overall, maybe the story develops. Maybe it's something that is a slow burn story. That story with the is mystery, 10 times better than the backup. Yeah. Well, the backup Why does is this book need the a backup, backup because they want to charge extra money. I mean, that's, that's all there it. is. And, Insert cash register sound. There this you go. is uh, this is a story we've seen a million times. I mean, Polly Shore had a movie based on this. So pretend you're dead, so you can see what exactly. people think of you. Joker doesn't think he's appreciated by his other supervillain peers. Fakes his own death and goes to his own funeral so he can hear what people actually think about him. To the point where they beat the crap out of him because how dare you impersonate the Joker who's dead? Oh my God, it's the real Joker. They do love me. What I got angry about is Matthew Rosenberg's writing this with Franco. Frankavilla art. You have a different artist, so there you go. But I'd rather just have an extended story when there wasn't enough story for me in the first part. Just do a longer story. I'm not a fan of backups for the most part. This is, and it's weird because in the story we have a Joker who, yeah, he tells a joke at the beginning that you like. And I will tell everybody that the joke I heard on sports radio, we're in the Philadelphia area. One of the people mentioned was a smart. Uh, Texas sports fan. Who's that? Well, that is somebody who's <laughs> not existed. Yeah, so <laughs> they ended up having the stupid deal. And so it was weird that I heard Take that, that and then had this. Yes. So you just got weird science. Yeah, because of Philadelphia, we're in the World Series. We hate the Cowboys, all that stuff. So all that, you know, going on, this isn't the book I think to have. Oh man, what a laugh riot. This, you're I actually agree. trying to figure things out and you, you have this, what could end up being real smart. Maybe we'll see. Real cool mystery as far you as I'm concerned. You end up having right a mystery. You end up having a Jason Todd who he's the pretty guy going and he needs some Jason redemption. Todd. You have a Joker who doesn't know if he's the real Joker getting the crap there. And then you go to you're jokiness. Pl- and, and you're playing off of ideas what might not correspond to the three Jokers, but ideas that at least relate to that story. So then you go to the backup and it's like, oh, almost like it's weird because the Joker to me is not a character that has to always be funny. He should be more scary. He's, you know, the Joker. What if the Joker lost his smile, Jim? Gotham, no longer taken over and give the Joker his damn smile. Just let this guy laugh it up because I'm sick of this shit. So in this, though, is there an editorial edict that they say, oh, you have to have the goofy joke? 
because I don't need the goofy Joker. It plays off like a side episode of Batman the Animated Series, which would have been Not great. Even that. Whatnot, it, feels, but- it feels like an opening intro to the Batman Brave and the Bold, where they always have that cold opening that never matters to the you main You could have even had this in that new Harley cartoon, and the thing is, right? It's even of that era for how goofy the it characters is. are in this. And it's okay. And you get a couple smirks, but again, the joke is one, it goes on too long. It goes on way too long. I want a Joker just to fall out of the rafters and then they just end it after two pages. It keeps going and going. The only thing that I did laugh at, Clayface, I thought was funny. Clayface Clayface in a suit. (laughs) Clayface in the suit, really like trying to get his acting in there. But my favorite was Man Bat, who just goes squeaking the Joker. Squeak. Holy (laughs) crap. Like whatever he said, the Joker thought, holy shit. He probably like, I'm going to eat that ass. But uh, you end up, and I mean, eat that ass. But it just ends up where, all right, we get it. Ha ha, let's go. And it, it just, I don't know. It just ended up kind of angering me in a way that it really shouldn't have. It should have just been the, uh, like, let's get that done with whatnot. But the thing is, I was so intrigued with this story, and I love the main art of the book and stuff like that. I care about this book way more than I feel that I should or ever thought I would going into this, this series. This feels like a book that you would be more into but than I would be. Like that Batman, where we had the idea of, like, the, the backup hurt the score for me. I would be at an 8.5. I'm down to an 8 out of 10 because that backup doesn't deserve to be there with this intriguing yeah. story. I'm at a suck at that 7 pack overall. I just... It really didn't do anything for me. I think that it's one of those where I'm going to have to kind of cool my jets there and see how this works out. I just don't see it being that exciting. And it's maybe it's because of too much Joker. Maybe it's because of the two other books that I read before this, but it really wasn't that intriguing to me. And it was kind of a bore. But with all of that, we are going to go off now. We have a, a mail section coming up with the return of a great. An all-time OG great will be in that mail section. I do mean Eric Shea, but we Ooh. will be back in just a moment. They even had a phone to kill me Lured me off to Africa And Joker beat me up with a crowbar He went a little bit too far Killed my mother and me Who said he'd kill him but he never does I'm that good and I'm not well Since I died But let go
yes, it is time for the mail. And if you want to be part of the mail part of the podcast on the start of the show, all you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And right. last week when I was editing it, I said just like friends of friends Eric Shea, and you're like friends Eric Shea. And what I meant, there was a comma there, just like our friends uh-huh. Eric Shea. And oh. you got all confused at what I was saying. I was going to try to recreate that magic again, but I forgot it. And then I remembered. And curse, if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to be uh, a star like Brian, I'm, uh, Brian, oh my God, Brian from Arkansas, there. He is back. Just so everybody hears this again. Get fresh, <laughs> One of the greatest sound clips ever. Thing is, that that the and phone line got excessive to the degree that I never wanted to hear it again. But there were some big gems in that. This makes me miss it sometimes. Yes, it does. And I actually, while. Uh, Brian, I'll I'll tell you, coming back, I ended up going back to listen to some older podcasts and things like that. And I did listen to the rant and rave line, and it did kind of make me like, should we do that again? Every time I think that we should, it, went terribly it wrong. goes do it. very wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at you, Dancing Mike and Luke Hollywood. Yeah. Luke would get drunk. People forget about Luke's calls. People will be like, oh, my God, dance. No, Luke Hollywood would get drunk. 3 a.m. would call and just. At least Dancing Mike had a point, your ex-girlfriend? Right? <laughs> it was just like over and over and XOXO, all that stuff. But there were some gems. There were. And I will say right now, some of the gems came from, say, A. Brian from Arkansas and Jolly Drew was another one that was just fantastic. Magic. But, yes, really magic. Uh, I sent you a clip of Jolly Drew that I forgot all about. It was hilarious this past week. But. Uh, I will say uh, to Brian, just so that he knows, and I sent him a message after he sent this mail, but we were talking about you like last week. We were yeah. wondering, you know, what you were up to and things like that. So it was really yeah. a cool surprise. <laughs> well, he even says it here. Like every time that's what happens. Brian from Arkansas says, Mr. Werner Brothers, Mr. Stray, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis to both of you. Hey, Thank it's you. been a long, long time. No, Jim, I'm not dead. You're, you once said that when you haven't heard from someone in a while, you assume they were dead. Pretty much what I think at this moment of Manship. Manship's <laughs> dead in my mind. He's gone. I haven't listened in a long while, only because I haven't been reading any books. And that's something that did happen. And it was a shame that at one point, a lot of the original crew that were, you know, always hanging out with us and things like that did kind of get sick of the books and disappeared. So it's really nice to have. But a lot of people are coming back out of nowhere, it seems like, not only in, like, you know, the listenership here, but like the overall numbers and different things that we do. And is it because, like, what is the catalyst right now that are bringing people back? Is it, in fact, Black Adam? Is it? Is it Black Adam? I'm wondering, what is the thing that currently happened with DC Comics that's bringing people back? I don't know. Not that Dark Crisis people reading it are like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. But maybe trickling down, hearing there's a crisis, hearing things like that might be part of it. Well, we'll have to ask Brian himself then to let us know. I randomly listened. He just randomly listened to episode 456 <laughs> and realized how much I missed you guys. Just as entertaining as ever. Oh, my. But there were no updates from Greg Capullo. There were not. I'm expecting that he might be back soon. I- I'm telling you, Greg Capullo is probably listening right now, and now he's getting mad. He's probably yelling at Jamie. 
He used to call in from the gym, he says. It was so much fun to see the idea of the Greg Capullo character coming out to call in and stuff like that because there was nobody at DC Comics, like at least right now or even before, besides him, that was quite the actual real-life character that he was when he portrayed on social media and different things and stuff like that. So that was lightning in a bottle, too, just for the fact that Greg Capullo, Greg Capulloed. Yes, he used to call him from the gym, from his basement, from Scott Steiner's house, while Joel and Dark Knight's Metal. I believe he once called just from the toilet. In the freaking like the writers' no. pool or artists' pool at DC, that like are these they don't have of that character type exactly. of deal. And I think that that even goes even further than that. Whether you liked them or hated them, Dan Dio was also that polarizing character. Yeah. That was the face of the company. You don't have that anymore. At one point. We even said, and that's one of my complaints, because while you may not like Dan DiDio, he was that target that if you did get frustrated, mad, you could yell at him. And it kept everybody. He was a great manager that way of taking the brunt of the hate to let people like, you know, a Tom King kind of sail on by. And you want your writers to be loved because that's what sells Yeah, that's what. And I like that. And I think they're missing that. And I said where I talked to a lot of people about this. And. The idea where people, well, I would want Peter J. Tomasi. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying is screw all that. Wrestle this up. We need to have a phony (laughs) CEO. You need to have somebody that's not even quite a real guy. Like, just have them out there to make us giggle and make things like it would be one of those. I make the joke that Ryan Reynolds drives me nuts, but that sort of character type deal where you can have some fun, but also get information. They would come out with announcements, choke it up a little, whatever. I said, I don't know if you remember PlayStation. I think it was the PlayStation 3 at that point. They had a guy who's an actor, but he went by the name of Kevin Butler at that point, and he played the CEO of every different department. Every time you'd see him, he'd be like, I'm the department of first-person shooter relations. And they'd have commercials, and he'd be at the all the conventions and it was fun and it made it feel like you're trying to have some fun i think they need something going on here to get the fun back and maybe at least have somebody announce things and if it was somebody that was kind of cool you'd listen to those and know what's going on but like you said though these writers are kind of either you don't know much about them or even like you know a jeremy adams seems like a real nice guy but he's not that guy either greg capullo Pumping iron and screaming and yelling. Yeah, he's such a guy. He's like a like a Jim Steranko back in the day. That guy's more of a character than he is anything else, and it's it's fun. I haven't listened a long while, he said, but he went into 456 and realized he missed us. And so you have that whole deal where, if you guys don't mind, please catch me up in a segment we call Rapid Fire. He's already got segments. I he see Chip Zdarsky. Chip, I, that's what I'm saying. He's right back. I see Chip Zdarsky is on Batman. Is it anywhere near as good as his monumental run on Daredevil? Well, I, I would say, know. well, I do know, and I would say not yet. It's it's good. It's I think it's a good Batman deal, especially after some down stuff. You know, Joshua Williamson was just kind of there to fill the gap. I kind of got sick of tiny stuff. It's not quite up to the Daredevil deal yet, but. I think that this first story, this first arc is more of an action deal. We'll see what he does. Well, it's very interesting, especially if you care about Grant Morrison's Batman run. It ties into a lot of the things while trying to advance plots that like were started back then and continue on with that storytelling in a way that I find very appealing because I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan and I, I find it interesting the way yeah, the chips it is interesting. here. And if he is asking, like, hey, should I read it? I think he should. And yes, the answer is yes. I also think that he is doing something here, at least with this first arc, that is, it's not quite as that street level 
personal daredevil story i think if he did that right away people would say oh he's just daredeviling this up and so it's a good play to go really over the top in this first deal and, and he's doing a good job and he says uh riley rossimo is on carly quinn why not anymore why is he on well now he's on tim dre and yeah. so it's even worse and i say in my why? mind because here's the thing you wouldn't know this brian but at a point, me and Eric actually got used to Riley Rossmo on Harley enough that it didn't bother us as much now, because it was a wacky has Harley. To be on that worked for me just for the way yeah. the character acted. Here's the question: Where's Jason Fabach? I think Jason Fabach's still sitting there waiting for that call that they're doing the next uh, sequel to Three Jokers. That's oh, what it seems. That's the thing he is, said yeah. at one point that's what he was doing next. He's kind of pushed himself back and didn't want to get that busy. One of my favorite artists during the New 52, during Detective Comics, and then he just went and did event stuff that came out like five years apart from one another. Yeah, and so then he's... I love that he comes back. He said, speaking of amazing artwork, does it get any better than Mark Silvestri on Deadly Toys? Like, I hope that he's not mad at us, but we said the yeah, artwork like the was art. really good. That's part of the book. Just, why the hell did they cancel the Batgirl movie that was all about money? Sure was. trying to cut Here, like that a billion dollars deal. Saved. Yeah, and they're trying to save like three billion more. Was the 2020 election stolen? We won't get into that, Eric. Would DC let me write the Batgirl title? Yes, I think so. Once no, Eric Shea's allowed to not. write Plastic Man. Why do I want to write Plastic Man? Actually, uh, Brian, you, you may not be allowed to write back. You, you might be right, Eric. You might not be allowed at this point. Do you guys still work at the Cardboard Box Factory? I do not. Eric does. Yes. Is Dancing Mike still around? Yes, he is. He ends up messaging me occasionally. And he does end up sending you some stuff on well, Facebook, like his pull list. list and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so he's still, he's not really reading any of the big A lot of sexy as, women on those covers. Yeah, he likes a lot of the Xenoscope stuff and even stuff like, um, what is it? What's, what's that, that? Vampirella? And Deja Thoris and stuff like that, yeah. And always an Archie fan with a his A lot of mic. Archie, yeah. So, yeah, he loves that. It's such a weird juxtaposition. It's like. Hey, I need that half naked fan pro. And by the way, what's Archie Jughead up to? What, what are those two chaps like up to? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, he's still around. And occasionally, like I said, I wish that he would get old of me a little more. But he, he occasionally gets old of me and tells me some things. It's usually like something that me and him like, like heavy metal or stuff like that, that we end up talking about. Is there still going to be uh, DC Comics when the Discovery merger is complete? Yes. We'll have to see. There's, Never take there's, away the DC comics. There's tons of rumors about the idea of the characters being licensed out and whatnot. We just go with the flow. If that happens, we'll just have to, you know, review wherever DC they are. DC comics doesn't die in my lifetime. Don't let that yeah, happen. That's what you say. Well, thanks, guys. He said, I'm getting caught up on Batman Catwoman. Oh, my. Dark Knights of Steel. We'll be talking about that next when we're done here. And a couple more titles. And if you're not. I mean, just he didn't ask me, Eric, but I, of course, I like to tell my opinion here, but you should grab stuff like Flash. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other books. Even Action Comics would probably be what about a the Robin good deal series? to check out the Robin series. What about I think the that he finest? would like. Uh, yeah, World's Finest. Keep going, Eric. I thought I was giving my opinion, but we both agree on all those. There's, I said to some people, and a lot of people like to shit on anything, right? But DC, I know, I talk to you. yeah, they like to shit on DC at a point where it becomes almost like you know punching down, as somebody said to us at one point. Eric, back in the he's a little guy, the he can't punch down. Right? I said I can't punch down. I'm punching up all the time. But 
they're almost like they're kicking DC when they're down, not realizing that DC's already up on one knee and about to start kicking their ass. Okay. Because there's a lot of good books right now, more so than we've had in a couple of years. I think that this is kind of a cool time for Brian to come back and maybe grab a bunch of titles, as long as you don't mind some of them aren't continuity, some are a little wacky and whatnot. But there's some good books out there. So, yeah, check those out. And if you want any suggestions, call Aaron. I'll give you no. I don't know his number. I, I had a weird a dream. I had a weird dream the other day that I called you on the phone, and I called you. And in the dream, I called you on the phone. You asked how I got the number. I had no idea. And then you asked me what I <laughs> wanted. I I didn't know what I. It was a weird dream. Like I don't almost know. like it was almost like I'm like I didn't have an exit strategy of this concept in my head. And once we got to that, there was no dream left. I was like. I don't know. I, I just called you. Imagination sucks that bad. It you're does. In a dream I have think no that that's the problem. I used it. to have. I used to have a really good imagination. It's gone now. Remember, I used to at work when we did work together. You know, now that Brian brought it up, I used to have like those post-it notes, and I had like eighty different ideas of the things we were going to do on the podcast. Never did any of them, but I'd be None writing these good. crazy notes. I don't do that anymore. Even Tanya said at one point it was weird. Like a couple weeks ago. I wrote something down on something, but it, I think it was like a shopping thing. She, oh, you're writing the podcast notes, are you? I'm like, I haven't done that in years. Get out of town, bitch, is what I you said. You were doing it today. <laughs> uh, no, I, I write things in my, you know, deal of my the Google Doc, but it's not as it's not like that. I don't have ideas. I'm not an idea. It's not pen to paper. It's not as old school as it once I was. I think now that, that might have helped. Google. Docs. And I think that what it was is that I needed something else to be distracted by, and then the ideas pop in, and then I got to write them down. But and now I'm just sitting there. I just stare at the screen. What should I do today? <laughs> what podcast are we doing now? And then I'll just throw any title and put Reading Club after. Boom, Eric. That's all I do. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! I did have a. I it's have a, a funny idea. But is it a winning formula? <laughs> I don't know. I it, now you got me depressed. Eric. I don't think it is. I and then again, I do end up where I still have ideas that I yell at you about, but they're never full ideas. They're more like a generalized anger. Why isn't this doing? Ah, what are these people doing? And yeah, so that's what I get going on now, Eric. My my imagination has failed me as my life as a whole has. So that is that. But I do have a funny play that I'm going to tell you. One thing I did come up with, you'll say it's lame, but I'll tell you. Can I be an actor in this, this funny play? Section. It's a comedy. You, you might be, actually. Maybe we'll do that. It'll Am I be one now. of the players? It's another guy, kid. You're now adventure guy. Do that. That'd be awesome. Actually, you're the Crypt. We should have had a Crypt Keeper meets the guy, kid. The Crypt at Keeper. At one point. That's what I am, you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's been so long, I don't know that guy's fucking name. The Cellar Dweller. Cellar Dweller meets the guy, kid. That'd be funny. And in a twist, Eric, the guy, kid. Is the scary thing to the cellar dweller? See, it works out. Now things are rolling. I just need a Brian from Arkansas to be back, and now I'm in. I, I got ideas out the wazoo now. Right? You have one. There's <laughs> not going to be any more. That's it. Eric. I'm shutting the doors of my mind. Uh, but yeah, that's that. That is the mail. But thank you so much for coming back, Brian. And it's, oh no, I, actually, I'm not even done. I'm sitting here saying this. There's a big part of this that's huge for him. He says, oh, if DC lets me write that Batgirl title, I would like to get Joel Jones to do the art. Damn right. Thanks, guys. Brian from Arkansas. That's why it's good that we haven't heard uh, from 
Brian in a while because we have been down on Joel Jones now. No, we still love Joel Jones. Oh, we just don't care for her writing. Well, that's true. He did mention that he's going to be writing that, so that's a winning formula. You're right. See, two ideas I had. Him writing it with Joel Jones. That's my idea. It was Tyler. his idea. It's my idea. Uh, but if you want to write Batgirls, it can only be better than what it is Batgirls now. Did he say Batgirls or Batgirl? He said Batgirl, but... Okay. Get it right, know, Jim. Well, which Batgirl, though, Eric? Oh, my that's goodness. I think it's... We're I think DC. Yeah. I think it would be Barbara. But we'll see. We'll see when he does write that. It'd Her be friends call cool. her Babs. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's why I call her Batgirl. So all that said and done, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, for, thanks everybody, for listening to the mail. I don't know why I'm so thankful this week, but it is November, Eric. The thankfulness month of the year. No, not so, November. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I forgot Fail. about that. Oh, shit. And that, that went out the window very quickly. Gross. Clean this that up. November, right? Uh, but with all that, yeah, we'll be back. We have three more books to do for the podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. Well, he stares into the mirror, loosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks a tear is terrible. That's just every shape. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just every shape. Ah, yes. And as I said, we have a little bit more variety in this last section of books. So that's pretty good, right, Eric? Joker you, you, this book, Jim. You fired up with it? A I Joker know Joker with Green I And then later we have a little bit of Harley that we <laughs> so, you know, but a little more variety. You, you don't have it necessarily Batman. Oh, yeah, and Poison no, Ivy, Batman yeah. of the Mind. He isn't here so much in Dark Knights of Steel. He's kind no, of hidden away Ivy's. in this one. But yeah, he's, where is he, Eric? It's of the mind. Rent-free he is. Rent-free. You're living rent-free in my heart, Eric. Just this not where here. You are Pay my in rent. my heart and maybe my undies. I don't know what that means, but hey. Also, I pay you rent for that. 25 cents, Eric. 20. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where I'm going with this. We have three books here, and it's one of those things where we have Dark Knights of Steel where, I don't know, for me, I still like the series overall, but I kind of... I'm looking forward to seeing how it ends, is how I'll say it nicely. This feels like a breaking point to me. Yeah, and and then you also uh, have new champions of Shazam, which I wish might be a little issues more. It's the penultimate issue. And then we get Poison Ivy where I'm like, really? This is where it was going to end? Holy moly, that book really took a turn. And I think that I'm looking forward to see reviews after this issue because I think that most people who were loving it Got the the rug pulled out from under them of the reasons why they did, and it's kind of a shame. But we'll start with Dark Knights of Steel number eight. That was my little bit of a preview error. Like I was given, like that was like back in the day when you'd get those TV shows that would tell you the cartoons that were going to be coming out that fall season. I loved that show. I used to love that where they'd have that deal and be like, "What's going to go on with Grape Ape? Right? Like what what's happening with him? Where's Captain Caveman?" Oh, it was so cool. They used to have it. It would be like on a Friday night, like at 8 o'clock. You think you're a big boy staying up with your feetsy pajamas till 9? Oh, my goodness. Next year, I'll be 21. (laughs) Oh, I used to love that. I remember just wanting to stay up and either see Johnny Carson or Saturday Night Live. I just wanted to and and eat a Big Mac. All of them a disappointment, Eric. All of them. Even Johnny Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson was never a disappointment. He was a disappointment for a little kid. Oh, yeah. I get on there and he's like. 
I'm like, what? What is he? He's swinging in an invisible golf club. What is so funny about Hey-o. this guy? What is happening here? I, I always did like Ed, though. I will give you that. Ed, Ed had that appeal to the little kid in me. Ah, uh, and also the little kid in him. Eric, what? Dark Knight. <laughs> I don't know. Dark Knight's a steal number eight. Eric, I'm trying to be sexy here. I thought that maybe that's what bringing up little we kids? need. I need, I need the idea Fuck that you. we got to get the sex appeal up here. I thought that me talking about being a big boy, right? That gets me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, that went wrong, Eric. Rewind a little and we'll get back. Dark Knight's a steal number eight. Written by Tom Taylor. Art by Yasmin Kutri, Eric. Does Yasmin Kutri remind you of Baywatch at all? Does no. it? It doesn't remind so you of the Wait. Yasmin belief. It no. always reminds me of that, Eric, and I, I get a little excited. See, sexy. When I talk to you, I don't think of Jimmy Dean either. Hmm. You don't? You, you certainly think of my sausage. Oh, my! <laughs> Now that's sexy. Irene Brianna. You're welcome. <laughs> and Wes Abbott. You are like Gretzky with the great assist there. Thank you very much. Uh, here we go. We end up having this issue. And every time I read this book, it feels like there's been a delay. It yes. also feels like I have to like take the first couple pages to remember what the hell we have done. And then a lot of times I realize, oh, not much. And when you get to it, it almost does feel like this idea, war is coming, winter's coming, Eric. Oh, sure my is. goodness. And and yet there's a couple months till then. Like, it's almost like they come into this book and like, oh, my God, shit is about. And then you kind of, you know, get back a little. Well, even the I idea like where it, we were but... previously, it felt like war was months off. If we jump into this, we already have the Kingdom of Storms, Storms led by Queen Anissa and the entire Amazon population coming to the Kingdom of Ellis to take them head on. I'm like, okay, well, that was fast. And even in the background, I totally forgot that. In the previous issue, because I'm telling you, I feel so far removed from that previous issue that Constantine resurrected it. Like, you know, uh, is his name Jacob? I want to say Jacob, but like the idea when I say that, I, I thought of like Scott Free and Barnes. Yeah, kid. that's what I'm thinking of now as well. But yeah, I remembered he did that, but I thought in this where I, I tend to feel like I did when I jump into the DC versus vampires, the idea that some things have already who ordered happened. The steak? And that, yeah, and who did order the steak and who ordered it rare, Eric? When who that goes on, <laughs> who ordered the steel? You end up though. That's because the way I feel there is because you kind of have to remember the all-out war, the one shots. This doesn't have that, but it still ends up feeling like you say that we, we have one shots. Yeah, but this feels more like the idea of okay, like uh, there's there's Green Arrow and there's Dinah and Constantine's kind of a little. Everything felt a little different. Since uh, we last read or what I did, it, it felt a little off. When we go into this whole idea of the story that we're dealing with currently, for some reason, we have an Oliver slash, you know, Black Canary situation going on here. And they might end up saving the day, but it just feels out of place for what we dealt with previously. Just to really focus on them out of nowhere while war is blooming, like brooming, brimming, blooming, blooming. I like blooming. It's like love going on love, outside. Go well, all these forces are coming together. And on the background of all this, you and I were talking about the idea of like, why are the elves feeling off? Why did it seem like Supergirl killed these people and then she has no memory of it? Why did, you know, Superman attack Batman and they, like, you know, it feels out of place? This is the idea that the green man of the prophecies is actually a green Martian who's come down and That's some Martian you invasion. Thought. That was your deal. And exactly. Yeah. So do we have a Martian invasion where they're turning all the people against each other to take, like, create this war situation to, like, you know, take out as many people as you can before the actual invasion begins and we reveal ourselves? When we jump into this, everybody feels like they're fucking off at times to the point, like, 
Is everybody just been taken over? How many Martians are invaded? Everyone, because yeah. at any <laughs> given moment, is, anybody could just have a heel turn. And I'm like, what's happening? And, and it's a weird play because when you're doing that, then I start thinking, obviously, when you have the Green Lantern, Joker, like that whole amalgam deal, that could be the Green Man. Also, when you well, end up having the Green Man. Yeah. And when you have Poison Ivy and she's off Wolf doing Man. her deal. Is Swamp Thing like there's some weird plays here where you're going, but it's the full erotic man, like they like to call him throughout the Pam the Poison Ivy series until this issue. Yeah, and so in that, like everything felt like there was an issue where everybody got pissed off. I mean, they were already mad, but there was the side off panel. Everybody got kicked in the balls, punched in the face. Now they're ready to to kick ass. Constantine to me felt like he had really ramped up things, and also I will tell you. Yeah, there was that annual. I was trying to think of the different things that we had. But remember, we also got away from some things that points to, you know, follow Bruce Wayne. And so getting back and doing all this, the big play of Zala and this whole deal of you murdered my dad. It feels like we're so far since we talked about this. And then all of a sudden they're meeting in the middle of the forest. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is really escalating to then not. But then at the end, you get it, it's a weird play. It's, it's a very weird play. We're you know at the, the last play of everything quarter that is here? of it, or at last third of it, actually. But what's that? You have Amanda Waller come with Harley Quinn to try to tell the other the, the other kingdom, the other armies coming like, look, we can still end this before any bloodshed, stuff like that. I give you this opportunity. And it was just all the idea if they say, no, we got Poison Ivy in place to bring the, the hellfire of the green upon them with all the plants around them. But when we get back to the castle and we actually, the war cannot be postponed or just in, like uh, taken away or anything along those lines. When you see her suicide squad, well, like not the suicide squad, but at least one of her archers who's dead shot, and she calls him Wade. Why did she call him Wade? I, I, I don't know. And maybe it was just a mistake. I, that is weird. Like you said, yeah, they're messing it up between there. Or all of a sudden we was have a Floyd not in here. medieval enough? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. And I think that maybe they're playing it up that it's actually Deathstroke, not Deadshot. Or is but the even idea getting that, that for some up, reason. So it should be Slade, but then it's Wade. Are you combining because them? Because it's Deadpool? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, or maybe is this we got one of those subtle clues for some reason that Amanda Waller isn't who she says she is and doesn't know his actual name. I don't but know. It's weird that he wouldn't say. I think it's just a mistake. I think you have a dead shot that they think is Deathstroke, but then they also get his name Call wrong. Deadpool's name. I mean, really. I mean, that is all wacky. And so, even in this, with that whole play that we're trying to get that mystery, was it Solon? Oh my God, we think it might be, but we think that it's the dupe or whatever. And then you just get to the point where. Oh, remember what you said? I thought, really, what I thought was going on. Constantine feels off. He says, hey, what did she? What did you say to her right before she killed you? And he says, I fill her lungs with water. I fill her lungs with water. I thought he was going to walk off and say, listen, let's get this down and dirty. Do you know what he said? Do you know? And maybe they could even use magic to see or, or, Diana, or Diana can say if she's telling the truth. If she doesn't know what he said, I don't know what was playing. The worst part then about this is. all of a sudden it's just attack. And no, it is attack. And it's a weird thing where Constantine wants this war more than anything yeah, it seems, in, in yeah. this whole thing. And I don't think out of everybody who feels off because they, they want this war no matter what and are willing to kill left and right. Constantine out of everybody here actually feels the most realistic, like he is himself because of the props he's had since he was a child, watching his king being murdered and also his son, and to the point where he has to resurrect his, the, like the king's son and all this, he needs to let this go down so there is some way to end the prophecy of this plague him his whole life to make sure the elves don't take over everything. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I, I got this idea that he was really a guy who wanted to avoid everything like that, and there was a better way. He always seemed he did, to be... until they brought... They made it personal. I'm telling you, like, that's what kind of threw me off. And maybe, 
you know, a couple issues ago or whatnot, but it, it felt like he really just said, eh, screw it, let's go, because he was even helping out Robin. Like, he was doing things that I thought he was trying to make it better for everybody. And then when he goes like that, then I think maybe, maybe he's not right. Maybe he's being, de- it's weird. It, the whole play was weird in my mind. Or it's just, hey, we got to get shit going and let's get going because they do, you know, go and they're right there. They could solve this by just agreeing, hey, we don't really like each other, but it would be a shame that everybody would die if this happens. But when you don't have the big hitters, I mean, Diana and Zala, they're big enough, but they're not the queen. They're not, they can't really make this decision themselves anyway. And that's what threw me off. Uh, every t- like turn, you can actually end this war because even when Harley Quinn and Amanda Waller are there, like before the Poison Ivy attack, they try to stop the Kingdom of Storms like attack and stuff like that. And they're like, "Look, we we, we won't attack as long as you give us the Queen." You know, like, "Oh, we can't give you the Queen. How we we don't can't do that." Like, well, then we're gonna war. And then when we get back to the Kingdom of the Elves, and the Queen's like, "Maybe I should just turn myself over because I don't want everybody to die on behalf of me." I was like, "No, Queen, you can't go and do it." I'm like, at every opportunity, like, just turn the Queen over. Just if she wants to do this. It's all it's this party, and she is. Kryptonian, she ends up where she says, I'll be, co-. and then they even say, listen, if you come with us, nobody's going to die. We're not going to play that. Let's end up being peaceful. Let's do this after, you know, you end up having Poison Ivy come and, and wreck some house, all this stuff going down. A little bit of house until the Green Man shows up. And then I say this Green Man, just like Lex Luthor, Joker, Green Lantern combination, amalgam going on. He just takes her out single-handedly. And I, I think that that's the play here, though, is to show you, because really, the L's they are so super powered. They even say it in this issue. You have to have something for the the thunder side of things. So when they do that, but by the end, it was a weird play because Zala, she almost dies. She ends up where she is getting drowned drowning. from yeah. in there. It's crazy. And that's a crazy deal. And that will look pretty cool. So with that, though, when you end up Jacob having... Can't, Jacob can't keep up the power, though. When No. And when Laura comes down, it was weird because I don't know. It's like all of a sudden I'm thinking... Did she just, like, get some makeup on and pretend that she was that? Now I'm starting to think that she pretended because she looks so young there and looks exactly like her. It just threw me off when she comes down like, okay, everybody, let's get along. You think she's that type of mother who goes around and says, me and my daughter get taken for twins all the time. I'm telling you, she's always saying that and annoys everybody. Nobody (laughs) agrees. But she comes down and sisters. Shut up, mom. You're old. Originally, when she, I thought that was the dupe, I actually really did think that that was the dupe or the dupe was Zala there. But it, it is Laura, and she ends up saying, "Hey, listen, you give me the word, nobody has to die." Yes, Habala uh, says, "I give you my word, we're not going to kill you. This will end up solving the problem." Boom, heat vision, right in half. I'm like, "Holy shit!" You, Lara comes out to give herself up. Everybody's in agreement, and then out of nowhere, he'll turn heat vision, saws Hippolyta in half, hot dog wise. Yeah, and, and just crazy. And then I'm looking, I'm like, like well, did the they really go into that? Because yeah, even the idea when you have all of Amanda Waller as the like the head of the, the general, essentially, you know, head of military like works, she's already with her archers. Everybody's ready for the battle to come to the castle. And then like you have Wonder Woman and you have Zala Supergirl show up, like, hold on to that. We're gonna go talk, like, look, mother, like I'm here, I can't let you attack the Ellis because I love Zala. And I'm like, we know that things are going on here. And then I'm like, okay, we can work things out. And when Lara shows up, like we can work things out. And I'm like, all right, everything's going to turn out okay for once. Zap it. I'm like, everybody's going to die. Yeah, and, and the crazy <laughs> like part Diana is... Like, is killing people left and right because her moly. mother was just murdered in yeah. front of her. And then that's the... I mean, there's you the deal. You don't the after that. Just think of that. Diana is pissed off and is going to go after Laura 
where then Zala is going to have to then go after Diana because it's her mother. And so and then you're still wondering and you don't think that we don't think Zala was the one who did all no. the murder before. But it gets to this point now where we're so far removed even from that to get to then Laura, like straight up now killing. It, it almost feels like we didn't solve the other mystery. I think they're connected, obviously, but it just felt weird that you just go to this then. And well, heat vision so is one of the face. powers of the Green Martians. Yeah, and so you still may do that, but we're running out of time. My my big flaw, my fear is we are running out of time to start explaining, and I'm afraid that's just going to be, well, left. we're just bad people. I know, but you end up by the end, you have to have that last. I just, we have eight issues in the bag, and we don't know shit. That's what's worried. We still have Bruce. And his whole deal? He's, he's hanging with the Kents. He got the Robins together. I'm saying more, not stuff. just that. I'm saying oh, how Laura goes aspect? with it, the half Krypton. Like, all the that to be tied aspect. up. Is he there against them? Is he, like, there's all that shit that we still have to deal with. Thomas and I Wayne hope that cuck. it does end up getting, yeah. And and that could just be Laura's just pissed off, but I, I want it to be bigger. I don't want this to end where turn the Superman did, who's out of the picture right now because like, oh, we have your Superman. So I'm like, do you? When did that happen? Yeah, yeah. And so when you have all this stuff going down, I'm really just afraid it's going to be one of those. Yup, you know those those Royals. They're always causing. Like I hope Jenny that it say is that, but the you can only save that for the uh, next spinoff, yeah, the next well, series. And I, yeah, I'm I'm telling you, these books like you know, deceased that people love or the White Knight stuff. I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm going to join some people that if you end up ending something by just saying like the Flashpoint Beyond, I was very lenient on that going on because it's going to open up a bunch of books. Yeah. But if we end this of like, well, we'll see how this is next fall. Screw that. I'm done. I need to know. The reason why I love these stories like this is because they're usually very self-contained and you get that story and you get a good beginning middle end and i'm not seeing and that as much no fuss, in this. No must. yeah this feels like it's starting to be really stretched thin we're tapping it up and i'm not liking that aspect but like you said, we, still, we still i like the salt water tap <laughs> you end up with that you, you still have four issues you're right and but we we can't have any nonsense now we have the same we have the same amount of story time that we have for the new champion shazam we'll be fine yeah, yeah, because that really told the full story so far. So, yeah, and even then, like, when you end up where I think that Tom Taylor's like, oh, man, they'll they'll think it's cool, the Green Man at the beginning, that just ends up being like, seriously, what, are, what have you told so far? Let's get some answers here. Let's get going. We need that, but it's still a good book. It's still something Green I'm Martians. interested in. This one, I think you even said it, this one ends up like, it lessened my excitement a little. It really did, and I think that. It, and if it's not delayed, it seems like it was. Okay, we got we got Harley Quinn get like you know Poison Ivy on their side. Poison Ivy shows up as their big like you know surprise attack. Oh, it's over. Let us be it again. So it didn't no, really matter for all that setup. Service. That's just him saying, "Oh, look at this, Harley and and Pam." And we knew this already, but they're, they're still lovers. Even Jacob, that, but- we resurrected Jacob. The idea, like now you're going to attack the woman who killed you, and like. He's not even able to fulfill that because he's not strong enough. So all these little like, He's not strong enough, though. Best character work in the whole book where he says, listen, I don't want to kill anybody. Oh, no, I've been there. That shit sucked. Like, not where did good. you go? He went to hell. Hell is for children, Pat Benatar like, told me the idea, that. Uh, the idea, let's say with the purgatory, children's purgatory, if you want to go with that religion. Well, let's say there's some great beyond, but what is wrong with dying? Because now you got me scared, Jacob. 
a little boy like you, you did nothing I remember wrong. In, when I did go to you Sunday school, and I remember them describing like purgatory. You go there, and it's like nothing. You just kind of like you hang out for a while and whatever, and you, you don't have anything to do. Can I'm I bring like, my switch. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like that sounds okay. I, I used to, at that point, I would just sit in my room thinking of wacky things. That's all I do to eternity, just wacky stuff. They're like, okay, you, you you've done your deal. Now nah, I'm I'm good. Let this next guy go. I would be a good guy in, in the purgatory. Uh, but yeah, he didn't want that to happen to somebody else. That was a good moment. That actually was showing some character work in this. Though, coming back, he, it's not like you're getting a ton of emotions about his dad because there's too many characters. There's too many things. And I don't know. You're getting a ton of emotions out of Constantine, in my mind, who's kind of lost anything that he had of his humanity previously, who needs to get this war done because of what he's witnessed. Yeah, and it's going to be that I mean, it's it's that never-ending sight. He's going to cause the prophecy that he wants to avoid. We know this, and he seems the most sus here of all the people now. I think that he is the most non-sus. No, I think that he needs that. Like, these people, I think that war would have been averted. They would have just went their ways. They would have went, maybe that would have caused problems, but he's... Like we in England, shit slide. He's really letting things like, come on, you can't do that. Come on. If, if Zala didn't end up almost dying and dread, who knows what would have happened, but he kind of forced them in. But if we He's know anything the hand. from any DC Comics Alice Worlds, especially for the couple pages that was set aside for Oliver Queen and Black Canary here, Oliver Queen, Green, Green Arrow is going to be the linchpin of this series. Yeah, I guess. But even then, he's just there and he's like, hey there, hot chick, what are you up to? They so think bad. I'm a banshee. Why did well, they I, say that? <sighs> well, I scream a lot. Well, you know, you ladies do. This is the sus ooh, Green Arrow. <laughs> sus she's like, oh my, that hit on the target. Never miss, baby. This is just me as Green Arrow. <laughs> I'm down there. And uh, he says, well, then scream your ass out of here. Let's get going. I tumbled down everything. All right, back off on that. But we'll get back to me and you later. We got other things to do. But even that seemed like. All right, you're se- you're still setting things up, which that's fine. You do that in stories, but there's so much that I need to know, and kind of just go in and like, okay, here we are again. Have little things like you're a fool. Yes, I am. That's my job description, stuff like that. So it's okay. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art is great throughout this whole thing. It's just like even though I care about the cliffhanger, because like, oh my god, where's this? Oh yeah, that's crazy, next? right? It is just continuing on where we left off with people, especially in the L household, are just doing like a weird heel turn and murdering people. So, like it's a continuing on with that. I need to know where it goes, but you get some action in this, but it just feels like a weird like pacing issue for where we are currently with this issue. Like I wasn't too impressed with like just where we currently are because a lot of times in tom taylor books you won't get a lot of progression it feels like you could read the book in like two minutes it's like all the way through and okay not much happened even though we you know marched a goddamn army across you know forest into the, the kingdom of the elves and stuff like that i still like aspects of it. it just feels like a, a low point of the book to where we are like i want to see what happens next but if i didn't see it like would i really care probably not but a 6.9 out of 10 yeah, I'm a seven. I'm a succotash seven. I, and you're right. Succotash. I mean, it's one of those, it's still a book that's a good book. I think that when this is all said and done, this will be just one of those chapters in the trade that you read through and then just move on to the next because of the great cliffhanger. And it's not going to be something that you're going to be like, it's the best chapter, I called it might a be seven. setting up some things. I went down to a 6.9 because of Amanda Waller calling Deadshot Wade. Yeah, I should have the 69 dude ready for you. Uh but yeah, it's it's a weird play because I do want to really like this book. I love the concept of it. But at this point, I, here's the weird play is do you want them to have a war? Because I kind of do. I want to well, yeah. see them battle it out. So if that's the case, 
You're just sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting and being told, oh, they're there, they're there, they're there. I just want them to fight. I want them to get on because that's when we're going to get some answers. That's what I want. It's just, you know, not on the timetable of Tom Taylor, who does like to stretch things out, it seems. But with all of that, still pretty decent. Uh, we're going to move to the next book, which is what is. The new champion of Shazam number three, written by Josie Campbell, with art by Evan Doc Shaner and Becca Carey. And in this, we continue the idea of the mystery in Philadelphia about where everybody's disappearing to, including Mary Bromfield's foster parents. She has to come back to Philadelphia because they're missing and take care of her foster brothers and sisters, who are all pissed off at her because Victor. she is the new champion um, of Shazam, Victor and Rose Vasquez. Yeah. Right. And she has to come back, leave Vassar behind, and take care of them. And they're all pissed off at her because she has her powers back. New champion Shazam, and none of them have their powers. And Billy's off doing whatever he's God knows what in the Rock of Eternity. But a new evil has come to Philadelphia. An evil that likes to combine magic and technology and putting cell phones on people's chests and for some reason it, it powering them up. And Mary has to get to the bottom of this because maybe, just maybe, the disappearances and these new big bads are connected. Yeah, do you like the missing sign for Ehan Cod Savner? And cozy jambles. You, know, you like those <laughs> cozy jambles? Oh, they're playing games there. But I, I like this issue enough. It's just I saw your review. I read your review uh, earlier this week. And the idea that it is a shame that we only have one more issue. It seems like that's not going to be enough because you really want to explore what this means to Mary and going forward being, you know, one of the, if not Shazam, but part of the family and stuff like that. And it just ends up being a weird play. I saw some people ending up getting upset about the idea that the, the internet, they're mad at her in Philadelphia. And I'm telling you, Philadelphia is a bunch of assholes. We live here. <laughs> and the mention is, and I'll tell you, Josie Campbell Spot ended on. up getting some points. From me by mentioning Gritty. I, I, I'm going to be right on Front Street. The idea that she ended up having somebody say on the internet, my only hero is Gritty, yep. 100%. She at least totally. looked into something. I saw that. I'm like, this is the most real comic I've ever read it in is, my life. It's so real in that. <laughs> and so with that, people in Philadelphia are assholes. And I ended up trying to explain this to this guy who said, there's no way people would be saying this on the internet. She's been a hero for all these years. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, this is, you know, the origin and whatnot. It's not like she's been around since the she 1940s has. here. But the problem is, no, no, it's a it's a game that DC's been playing. It's one of the biggest detriments of this book and anything they've done with Captain Marvel slash Shazam for the last decade since they reintroduced the origins of the character in the New 52. We are still playing this game a decade out. What are their names? Let's call her Lady Shazam. Nobody has, knows what the hell to call her. And I'm like, this is bullshit. How can we still be fucking doing this after over a decade? I'm like, stop playing this goddamn game because you know what? It might be a joke to you over the DC offices, but yeah, you're actually like kind of in the faces it. of fans. And it's not. I think it's so far removed now that to me, it's less spitting in the fans' face and more of just like, come on, this is an old joke. If you're going to call him Shazam, at least fucking call him Shazam. But even, even Captain Marvel Billy. They played that game for so long. What are we well, going to call Well, they do it them? every time because, like you said, they think that that's some current joke that people are going to laugh at. Either you're spitting in people's face like you and Dancing Mike, or for me, I'm like, I've heard this before. Just call her Mary it. Marvel. You have never even decided, like, the thing is, like, we have danced around the idea that Billy is called Shazam. Okay, well, what are we going to call Mary? Well, how about Lady Shazam? Like, call her Mary Marvel. And the thing is, you're still going to do this because you have names for them, but what do you call the rest? Even Freddy, Captain Marvel Jr., you have to change that. Like, even in the, like, the, the pre-Flashpoint, towards the end of like that, you know, continuity, they started calling him CM3. Captain Marvel, like the junior, was like became with Captain Marvel the third, whatever you want to call it, because that's what he started going by, just because 
he wanted to have that name that was outside the Marvel name, you know, because DC was getting weird with it. You haven't even decided what anybody else in this family's been called. Is that why we're deciding that the family don't have powers anymore? Because nobody wants to deal and with it? And that's what I was going to say. Maybe that you could just call him Junior. I mean, it's a weird play, but in this where you have people online, I wish that they pushed it more towards. I wish it was like, where the fuck is the guy? Like, where's Shazam? Like, because he's not around. I'd like it more on that angle than the. We don't need a lady Shazam. Oh my goodness, Gritty's my hero. That sort of but thing. Even to the is point anybody of this, wondering where Shazam is? Well, even the idea, because the way they play it, it's like they've never seen Mary before in their lives, and the Shazam costume and stuff like that. Even though, like I said, it's been the greater part of a decade, but over a decade at this point, where the characters have established themselves, have worked out of Philadelphia, we've seen different things, but nobody knows about them before. Like until like they're even questioning it now. Nobody's going to be questioning because in this book, in this current continuity. Nobody's heard of the Shazam family. No, they haven't heard of the Shazam like, family. Why are we even, playing this? And even then, I mean, you could play. I mean, it's not any different. I mean, it's, she still looks the same. They could have just played who's this new person. I don't remember. It's a weird play. It's a really weird play, the way that they're doing it. But that didn't ruin the issue for me. Uh, this person was just like, they were out. They said that. And to be quite honest, their exact quote, they're she-hulking this shit up. And I'm like, I don't see it either way that way. But. You end up having this where I want more of the family. And whether or not we're going to get answers of the names or the family, but I want, I, I just, you're getting away from what most people wanted out of this series. First off, we want to see Mary. That's cool. But I wanted to see the family and I want to see either they're going to do things like Darla keeps saying, hey, I got some other things. I don't have to have my powers. I could still help. If you or, Let's figure out what's going Detective on. Detective Darla's on Billy. the case. Because we all, I, there can't be anybody that just doesn't want the Shazam family back. We want all that back. We want Billy back. We want them as the Shazam family. And like you said, that's the only way we're ever going to get names for them is if you ended up, you know, you end up having Eugene. Hey, Gizmo, get over here. Right? Gizmo. He's already a bad guy. Here's some I five. know. I know. Uh, but yeah, you need something going on. And it's a real shame that you're, Almost dangling a carrot here. And if you didn't know that there was only, and if you didn't know there wasn't just one issue left, you'd be like, okay, this is kind of cool. It's going, but knowing there's one issue left, it just feels like, oh, we just wanted to fill a space while the Black Adam book, and unfortunately, Billy's not around. We have a, I don't know. It just feels already like a missed opportunity. And we still have one issue left, but it just feels like it, it should have done more already. And it should be at a spot here where I'm like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. But it's kind of just going to it feels small. When it does it feel small feel because it is. It and the be idea, big. like, you, you're sitting at, like, one of the lowest points of Mary Bromfield's life right now because she's, like, you know, she's been in the foster system a long time. She loves her foster parents. She loves her foster brothers and sisters. She loves the Shazam family as it was. That was all taken away. But now she could finally find out who she was herself by going to Vassar University and reinventing who she is outside of her family. She could be a, be like a single unit and just be who she, well, she could be anybody that she wanted to be. Really. She'd she be whatever she wants. Herself. It'll be all based on herself. She has it to go all, and, you know, it was all taken away from her. So now I went she's to back. West Virginia. I could, exactly. exactly. So That's I know why. how it is. That's if I exactly got pulled why. back to Bucks County University, uh, you know, community college, I would have been pissed. 
Wait, Clear's Bucks County University. <laughs> Bucks County <laughs> University. But, uh, I got, you know, I'm getting fancy with that it. That was but. all taken away from her, and now she's at one of the lowest points in her life. She's struggling right now to be, like, you know, the new champion Shazam while also being a, a parent, like a guardian to her foster mother and sisters, and trying to find out what happened to her foster parents. That is a big deal, especially when you have new big bads coming in because she is still trying to get all this done. She has an attitude problem when it comes to Darla, who just keeps picking and picking and picking about the idea of helping out. Even though she doesn't want to put her sister in danger, Darla doesn't relent. So she has a bit of an attitude to her, and I can understand that. Yeah, she wants to be left but alone a little. I need and, more and to need this it. than a four-issue mini because the I idea know. that you have the parents disappearing. You have all these you know, mystical tech-like combination villains going on right now that are like closely related or reinventions of the Captain Marvel universe from past, stuff like that. When she's figuring out that the human, the, like the alligator cells that we had before are kind of like human cells, like, oh my God, are these the same as these other things? And when Dr. G, her new Fawcett City Unum, or Fawcett University professor comes and like talks to her, I, I looked into you, Mary. I knew you used to be a rising star. Going to bastard. I know it must be hard coming back here. Me? I was at Harvard. I was a rising star. The woman who uncovered remnants of ancient Babylon from fragments of myths and legends of Ishtar and her fellow goddesses of plague and war. The genius connecting, like, uh, myth to, uh, um, paleontological legend the real science. I'm like, okay, cool for you, Dr. G. And then the next panel. Then, and then one day, because of certain personal issues, it all went away. I yeah, became yeah. Dr. G, whose studies were suddenly defunded. Dr. G laughed out of academic Run, Mary. I, I, got, I got to that panel. Oh, you're the bad guy. I'm like, there's yeah. no detective. Mary I mean, spends the rest no of the question. issue trying to do detective work here, but I'm like, I stuck in this panel. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're the bad guy that was just introduced last issue. <laughs> do you know Detective Cassie or even... That's why Darla's on the case. The weird play of that is, like, anybody who says, like, if I said to you, oh, Eric, I was I was having the grandest of times, you know, back in Warminster, but, yeah, I had to get the hell out of that area. Once you say that, now you're the jerky boys, you know, doing a call. Yeah, hey, I got to get the hell out of it. Run. Get out of there. You know that's us. And it ties in so easily with the Shazam stuff, with what she does and whatnot. But it's okay. The, oh, the you thing work with is, Gods and Monsters? Crazy. Yeah, oh, my. And... Some of the stuff in this is interesting enough. I think that that's a really cool little setup, even though it's so much on the money that she shouldn't have to really think that hard to think. But there's not enough room for it. You also have the parents missing. I mean, in the background, you still have Billy who ends up sending Hoppy and he's just hanging out now. There's too much going not on. Hoppy in this issue. Not at all. Yeah, actually. no. And that, like, Billy, that has to be pushed completely aside because there's this and I know I think that Josie Campbell's trying to do this play of, oh, my God, look at Mary. She's run ragged. She's trying to do all these things. But it ends up being these story beats that with one issue left, I can't see how they're all going to tie up very nicely. But when you start going things and you have that deal of right on the money villain. How is it that we get six issues for the Sword of Azrael, but only four issues for a, Shazam, a new Shazam book? And it needs a little more room. You you have so many concepts and so many things going on here that there's just no room for it. So when you get in it, it's like a whirlwind tour through here where I think that you could settle down with some of these things. Like if you ended up having Mary being this tech lab assistant of this lady eventually Revealing that she is a little so that would have been better than her just pretty much saying, "Yeah, I had some problems there, oh. and I had to get the hell out because there's no room and to now do you're anything." Lashing else. out at authority figures who took it all away from you, are you, Doctor G? Then all of a sudden you're going to play a deal where homeless tent city. There's not enough room for that. Well, that's the thing is too. That's a, that's a classic situation which I feel weird trying to like you know force into here because you have Mary looking for her foster parents with missing flyers stuff. Like there's a lot of people gone missing, but a lot of homeless people. And when she finds out about a tent city that's in a 
I want to know what part of the city this is in, actually. I think it might be between Chinatown, but I'm not sure. But you have a part of the, the train, like a train, subway train station going on situation. So you don't have a lot of like that, but they are just there. It's not being used for whatever reason. And the guy who's taking Mary along to is Uncle Marv, who is an, a, like a, a new recreation of Uncle Dudley, who would transform by Shazam, become Uncle, like Uncle Marvel. So it's just a homeless Uncle Marv. It's just Uncle Marv now, but he's just... It was always funny because he's a little chunky going around. I never cared for the character, but he's a classic Shazam character. I like... He's good. He's a very goofy character. That's why I wanted to get away from him because it was just very that of that age. It's not enough room though, right? No. You don't reintroduce a classic character like at this point. Philadelphia, they, they go down there and like, these people have to go. Like, there's no way they're going to be... But he says, hey, go everybody's to Kensington cool. where everybody else yeah, is. Yeah, we're, we're, we just... It's, the people are disappearing, but we're fine with that. There's my... It's just so much that it's just boom, boom, boom. I brought up a map of Philly, and I was trying to figure out at what station this would be at what part. And I think it's around Chinatown, but I'm not sure because there's no aspect like this that wouldn't be used in my mind. I, I'm I'm actually surprised that, and they have Big Belly Burger, which, you know, that's the classic DC yeah. deal. I'm surprised you don't have, like, uh, you know, Zeno's Steaks or, or, you know, something that rhymes with Pat. What would be that? Cat's Steaks or something. He eat like a cheesesteaker. But... You have this stuff, but it's too much. And all then of a all of a sudden, it's cat steaks, but it's tawny up there on the like, oh logo. Oh my! I don't know that you want to call it cat steaks. That's why I kind of giggled when I said it. That seems weird. But even then, you have this tent city. You explain that some people disappear. Oh, there's the bad, big bad. I mean, there's not any room to have anything develop in this. It all has to be rapid fire because we don't have enough room in it. And I don't know. Did did Josie Campbell think she had more room, and now all of a sudden realized it because? You're putting too much into this. You have just, I want the family. Yet you already are like, you know, oh, Eugene, he's always busy because he's doing the cut. Like everybody is, has a thing to kind Pedro's of keep pissed them off, out. doesn't want to talk. Pedro's, yeah, so that it, does, it to be just seen. doesn't work. If you're going to do it, have Mary by herself and have her stay at Vassar and have things go wrong. I looked forward to that, but I was also kind of like, I was kind of happy to bring her back to Philadelphia because I love the idea of the Shazam family being in Philadelphia. I know, but, it but just you don't see enough of the family. Well, the thing it, is, you, know, you bring that, it when, back. When you brought her back, all you did was redo the same thing you did in issue number one, but now in Philly at Fawcett Community College and stuff like that. So you spent an entire issue just redoing it's what you did the first time. issue with. Yeah, it's wasted time. And just the idea the parents are missing and she Which might be. There's new able- character, as far as I'm concerned, because I've never seen him before. There's new character, Babel, who's working for Dr. G. I assume that she's the big bad from what we saw, but. He's got one of those techno cell phones on his chest that gives him the power to allow his words to hurt people. Because not only does it seem like he gets into people's minds with what he says to them, but he actually creates physical constructs of the words that come out to attack him. Like, he's pretty cool. I like him. He's okay. I mean, the idea that it's almost like, let me see what the internet did. At least you're doing something a little different with it. Usually, you just I'm like, Darla's like, do not go on the internet. I don't know, what, ha- don't I don't know what happened to Babel, though, because as Mary's taking him on and stuff like that, she passes out from the thing that, like, the mind whammy that he put on her. Yeah. And as soon as she falls over, the guy's gone. Nobody stopped yeah, him. Yeah, he's took gone. Off. But he was there to, like, collect some homeless people to use as more experimentation for whoever our big bad is. Dr. J. Didn't think that that meme was that funny either. That didn't play out very well for me. But it was well, funny wanted- maybe when Eugene said it. That was kind of funny. But, yeah, and, and then, I mean, really, the the appeal of this is that family aspect. And you get it for a second when Mary sees and there's, you know, 
you have Freddie there, Darla's there, and then you're like, yeah, that, and then they're just gone again. She just goes Darla off, is not going to deal with Mary's attitude problem because with or without power, she's still a hero and she's going to get to the bottom of the pants. Good for you, Darla. You're going to get killed out there, but good for yeah, you for trying. Yeah, she's, she's going to get killed, but even that look when, when Mary yells at her, it's so heartbreaking. It's so good because just, we love Darla. Yeah, yeah, and she even has little hoppy pajamas, it looks like, too. It's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, she brought him along so maybe he can help. So she made a makeshift Shazam family shirt that like looks like it's just a t-shirt with like you know a st- like a, st- a stitch on. And I'm like, look at you, you are a little hero, and I love you. She is, and she said, I can keep helping you in in the way. And even when Mary comes back with a bunch of stuff, oh research, that's my thing. All right, and then Mary yells at her, and it is hard, but but that's the best part, and that shows you that you need this dynamic when you're going around looking at memes and. Intense cities and you know little wink wink of you know mar it's not as great and i'm worried that we don't have enough time but what would you give this overall ultimately i think this is the, the downest kind of issue even though i, I just complained about the last issue how i had to reinvent everything we did in the first issue but this one the the crunch time really started the show even though they wanted to do a lot it just started showing the idea of you know even revealing the big battle anybody who's been paying attention will know exactly that's the who the big bad is before mary ever does by the end like the idea of darla doing stuff is probably the the best part of the book overall i like babble the new one but this is a kind of a down issue in my mind i think i, I give this seven out of ten on the site i might go down to a I, you know what i like the art a lot still i'm go, still gonna give it a seven because i'm a sucker for anything shazam or captain marvel related. yeah you're, i still like the characters but this is uh this is not as good as I expected no. to be, and even as hyped as I was, it just it feels weird in the current continuity. Of what I'm we're at doing a with six five. I, I'm a little lower than you, but you know you have that love. Of, but I do like Shazam, and I like seeing the Philadelphia aspect and that sort of thing, just as a personal deal. But the problem is, is that now this is better than that Shazam book that we had from Tim Sherrod. You know, yes. when we were in Hell and stuff, it's definitely better. Right, but by the end of this. What is it going to do? I actually thought that this was a book that we could kind of establish Mary uh, as uh, something, you know, a little different, maybe, or at least get the family back together. And now really it just feels like now it just feels like it's just going to be a goofy little side deal that isn't going to resolve anything. Maybe at the end you end up and I, I, I fear that it's going to be one of those endings again. Like we said, it's not going to end. It's going to be like, oh, my God, you're back. And you'll see lightning and, oh, was it Billy or whatever? We'll have to wait or something like that. And we'll get no resolution, nothing. So I just want the Shazam family back. Maybe this will lead to that eventually. But one issue left them worried. So 6.5 for me. But what is the last book we're talking about? Poison Ivy number six, written by G. Will Wilson, with art by Marcia Takaro, Brian Level, Jay Leiston, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Atsmain Elhal. Is that what we decided to say? Yeah, I think so. We'll go with it, so it's the final. It's the, what should have been the final yeah, issue of it was Poison gonna be Ivy, the final. where she finally confronts, like we saw in the last issue, but the final confrontation between her and the Floronic Man, Jason Woodrow. And I thought I knew to a degree where we we're going to go with this story because you know it kind of ends this story and it's going to pick up again as the series continues. It got a few more issues and stuff like that. But this confrontation, even in the last issue, I felt weird. Where out of nowhere we saw that Pamela Asley's entire like. Her entire mission on this comic series was, I'm going to kill the the human race with this, you know, this mushroom fungi situation, and I'm going to do all these things to make sure that everybody gets infected, and eventually they're all going to be murdered because I have to bring balance to the forest and make sure that Mother Nature is happy and happy without the goddamn human race fucking things up. In the last issue, we find out that, oh no, that Lamia stuff that you were working on, 
it's not going to work. Some people got sick, some people died, but it didn't really work. But mostly because you infected yourself, it was mind control aspects of it. So now me, the pharaonic man, can control your mind. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, what did any of this have to do with the pharaonic man, Jason Woodrow? Because it always felt weird throughout this whole thing. It felt like something that we should have been bringing the gardener into more to try to establish her in the past of Pamela Isley and make it more solid. All like, they did the was set up was there, that but- deal. Yeah, they set up that, you know, he, you were my teacher and you were sus. And, and you- the thing is, you can get that by watching the movie Batman and Robin from 98. And that's, I told you at the beginning that it would be Woodrow they'd go after. I mean, I think that we both knew that, but I thought the gardener might have something more to do with it and that might be the second part remember you said it already this was going to be a six issue mini you end up going and i kept saying boy if this was going to be six issues we weren't going to get a great end now you see in this issue probably adjusted a little we have two pencilers you end up having a beginning first like 11 to 12 pages by a different pen and i think that that's because they had to adjust the things there but it just seems like at the end she was going to end up fighting woodrow and decide okay I might be good, but I might why? be bad. Here I am, wishy-washy, and just go off almost like, hey, we solved it. People are always fighting. She should be good, she should be bad. We'll make her both. We already had that. This is the thing. You get Even this, and I'm like, though, this is where... such a lame-ass, non-nonsense book now. You ended up taking away what intrigued you. What, you know, you end up having well, yeah, Where does she go now so after, great. like, that big, you know, turn in her life where she was, you know, split in half. She was naive, Ivy, Ivy. She was, you know, Queen Ivy, you know, the bringer of destruction. And then we had to combine those and lose the majority of the power she had. Where does this Pamela Isley go from here? And she wants to go back without the power that she had and, you know, destroy, you know, be eco-terrorist Pamela Isley and kill off humanity for the good of the green and stuff like that. That's to the point where she herself was, was going to die, like a suicide, exactly. you know, environmental bombing. Kamikaze. Because she needed to do that because they were so bad now and nothing. We had a flashback in the previous issue where we saw her getting Melania from, you know, Jason Woodrow previously. And that really seemed like it was a long time ago. And now it's been Jason Woodrow been playing the long game because been waiting for Ivy this because she's been preoccupied for a long time. So I don't know when she would have gotten this Melania from him before like you know before all of this so it seems like she did this a long time ago and now it's like ah, i tricked you and now from all the lamia in your body of the way that works i can dissect you and sell this ultimate lamia for the highest better i'm like so this has been your plan the whole time for her to go and do this and this you've taken all the conviction and stuff like that all of it and even that mind control Pamela seems Isaac. to almost take everything out as well like you could play that up of oh that all those bad thoughts she wasn't really bad hurt. she he was doing this and so Pretty much, I said, you are flip-flop, wishy-washing the shit, like, nonsense. This means, at this point, six issues of a book that was selling really well and when it was. I mean, the idea of looking at it, and the, you can't react like that, like, you know, like a South Park where they have an episode each week that they did that. But still, you ended up seeing that the sales were great, decided to extend it. And then completely wiped everything that was good about it. Even if I didn't like it as much, this is what was intriguing to you and a lot of other people because this was something that felt like it was big and important. It was going to redefine Poison Ivy. Where does she go from here? Yeah, and and how would she go? What what is Harley going to say if she well, does? Even this? the Who's going to stop her? And then you just say, "Oh man, it was Woodrow, and she defeated him." Oh man. That's good that I didn't defeat the world. Now I'm going to be an eco-terrorist. Really? You're now going to be an eco-terrorist? Because that's all you've ever been. You're an anti-hero again. You've done nothing. You've done nothing Well, even the idea all. of doing nothing in this whole thing, because this is an Ivy who doesn't have the power she wants it. She has a small portion of it because of what happened to her previously, who, who becoming the original Ivy and stuff like that. 
That's about as far as she goes. She's got the Lamia infecting her to the point where Jason Woodrow is like controlling her mind, making her kill herself at this point in time. And you take away more from Pamela Isley in this in the last issue when you bring in the idea that Batman's talking to her in her subconscious and her like, you know, psychedelic mind trip that she's currently going. So now you make it about Batman telling her what's right and wrong when it should be Pamela herself who actually has the the reins of this. Make it make it even the idea of the, the Make it the good Ivy that's exactly. talking to her. Yeah, make Ivy, it that. Queen Ivy. Make the both. idea that you're more powerful than this, you don't have to be doing this or something along those lines, but you make it Batman. And then when you have, you know, the idea that she is killing herself and Woodrow goes, I'm also going to kill Harley Quinn and turn her inside out, you know, for scientific oh, there purposes. there you go. And now the Batman of the mind talks to her. And for some reason, this triggers something within her where now she can access the green fully again. And now we just have the fully powered Pamela Isaac. I, I don't the green get has it. has accepted me. I'm like, oh, it's bullshit. I got yeah. you. And so your whole setup of this being angry and it really was. And, and I'll give this here. I'm yelling about this. I'm not yelling about it because I liked it. I wasn't a fan of what we had before. I thought it was a little too dark. I It wasn't for me. You liked it more. What I'm yelling about is that you ended up having something that seemed to be a little bit different. You know, I didn't like it, but it was different. And it seemed like you had an idea and an over-the-top deal. And I'll, I'll put it to the idea. I get it, Tom King drives me nuts, right? At least he has conviction. He ends up telling the story he wants to tell. He might ruin every character he touches, but he still does it. This is worse because you ended up setting this thing up that seemed like, oh, my God, you're you're doing something different. You're going for it. This is, you know, really over the top. How are you going to get out of that? And then you get out of it by just pussying out is what ends up being the deal. And I Pamela don't say Isley gets her that full normal, powers but back, geez. brings the house down on the pharaonic man, you know, killing him to what she believes to think. And then thinking to yourself, remember those three people I met across my cross country trip? Maybe, maybe I've been fighting the wrong people. Maybe All humanity is worth it. All of a sudden, you have working. Jedi ghosts there. Yeah, man. <laughs> can look at that. Hey there, it's me, Obi-Wan. Hey, what's going on? It's so lame. And that's the thing. You end up having a motivation that has made your character here want to destroy humanity and herself. And then at the end, you just kind of say, oh, we'll just give you everything back in a way that we won't explain. So you don't have that motivation anymore. And all of a sudden, no, I'm good. And (laughs) even though she had the power at one point to take on the Pharaonic Man, get her full IV powers back, it seemed like, bring the house down, as I said, the, the roof coming down and crushing him. She then, to heal herself, eats the pharaonic man like Jason Woodrow would do to a swamp thing or the, the king of petals or whatever connection to the green. Because he always eats people to get their powers. He's a gross motherfucker. She does the same thing and allows her body to heal. She get that lami out of her system, but not much until later on when all of a sudden, like, okay, now I can just go and heal myself perfectly because of the good of humanity and stuff like that. Thank God. We are all of the green. I'm like, no, he's the motherfucking <laughs> like, red. Yeah. Look, you can all work in a symbiosis kind of thing, but you don't say that humanity's the green as well because no. of the bacteria that lives on their skin. Like, what are you doing? All we needed was that kid who was allergic to vegetables and the everyone loves uh, Ivy story to pop up here. They never That'd made any great, sense right? Either. That guy comes in. He's, hey, what a... It's funny because at one point, just as a personal deal, I had done the uh, Walking Dead podcast that me and Mark Jagger do. We had just gotten to issue number 50. And in that, at a point, Carl... He'd given up. He thought that Rick was his eye. He's like, just eat me. I'm done. And that's what it almost felt like Poison Ivy at one point. I'm done. Just just be done with it. Yeah, and then I'm going to go. Like, he done messed up. Why did he go that far? And he goes, I'm going to get that Harley. Uh-oh. And he's, I don't even have to. I'm just going to do it because it's going to be fun. Oh, you done screwed up, buddy. 
But when she ends up, it's so lame in a story that was selling because it was dark and it was selling because it was different. Nobody was complaining as much as me. And then you have it so bad that G. Willow Wilson thinks that we have to have Jedi ghosts smiling down on her in the deal. Like, that is so flip-flop nonsense. And then one of the big plays, poor Ruben, he's been reading this because of this idea. He lives in Seattle. The big deal is I got to get to that Seattle. She barely gets there. And when she gets there, all that happens is a kid comes up and says, hey, have a Sounders. Have a scarf. It's the Sounders, the, the soccer team scarf. Here, have that. That was her big shout out that Ruben we has been waiting queen. for for all that time. I'm like, you got to The green has it, given me another chance because of this kid's kindness. You know what, Harley? I'm writing you a letter right now. And like, I'm going to come find you, Pammy girl. And I'm like, <laughs> even the idea, yeah. like, we have some new big batters opening up a company that I don't know anything about from the art kind of thing. Some woman in a hard hat and a power suit. Don't know anything about her. I have to assume that's our next story going forward. But then those people that had been lobbying it in the back of the van that Ivy had killed and, like, you know, made into mold and stuff like that. Then the back of the van just opens up and they come out as monster men. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. But this entire issue just took a complete 180. And now it just sucks that everything about I liked is gone. Now the status quo of Ivy, back to normal for no reason. Yeah, I'm back to normal in a weird way because you can't go back to normal. She murdered, but then again, oh, it was Jason. No, bullshit. She murdered those people. Don't tell me that she didn't. And it's weird because G. Willow Wilson did a short story in one of the anthologies, and it was was a Poison Ivy one, and it was Pamela going and taking down this conglomerate deal that's set up. That's all this is setting up. This is just going to be somebody that's doing some sus environmental things in the swamp, and she's going to go and, and kill people. This I swear. personal. But Harley Quinn's going to be involved. I, I don't know that we've had a worse flip-flop at the end of a thing like this ever. This is bullshit, and I think, in my mind, that they've done, you know, they're trying to get the best of both worlds. They're getting no worlds, and I believe, in my mind, this is a falling-off point for I don't think it's going to sell as well. After this, because now it's just a lame, but it might every day Quinn's an Ivy like. deal, and it just seems like, oh, that's what you're going to do. You're going to lame it up, and now that's what we always safe. get. It was something so different and edgy that even with me not enjoying it as much, I you still understand. wanted to read it. I still yeah. wanted to read it though because I wanted to see what happened because it was so over the top. It couldn't, pop. but this this what shot do next. It, yeah, yeah, and then like me and you had fun talking about it and going back and forth. How are they going to upset my prude sensibilities next issue? It's funny because at one point you were like, "Oh my god, if I saw this woman walking around with all that fungus, that guy Suck is away a from me, gem." Woman. That one guy is a gem in Seattle. It's like, "Are you okay, lady?" No, the guy who actually is like, "Are you okay, lady?" Like that guy, a kid normally, you know, they have a. No, I'm not going near that lady as a kid. That guy though is like, "Hey, you okay?" Yeah, I know. Look at her. I mean, it's like right on. She is rotting away. It looks like she's got the crocodile or whatever that drug was. Like, even oh, the idea goodness. when she becomes, like, you know, healed completely, the green accepts her again, even though she had all her fucking powers panels before and then it was went away and then came back in. The green accepts me. Give me a second chance. She still has green shit on her fucking skin. I'm like, what is wrong with this? Yeah, it's all over the place. She starts looking like the creature from like, the black She's got, like, Lagoon. a vine face tattoo. Plus, you know her breath stinks with all that shit she was eating. Holy shit. That's what goes me at the buffet. She's eating everything. I don't care. But then again, it's not like me at the buffet because I would never eat anything green. No. Eric, Eric, I'm not going with that. I'm more of the red. Like, we should be, right? We're in the red, not the green, as we're she said. We're all the green. But yeah, so we have the the Batman of the mind, 
right? The the living the rent free. Away from Pamela Isley here. She didn't do anything. It didn't, she did, but she didn't. And yeah, you took all the agency out of her in this whole story. You done messed up. It's bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit what they did or what she did with this book. And it's a shame because it was selling very, very well. But what would you give it? I like the art in the story still, but the story itself is garbage to come to a happy ass ending, stuff like that. So it's a fuck you five. Fuck you five for me. I wish I had that. It's the Wolfman. The Wolfman. Fuck you. <laughs> it's the Wolfman. It's it's cool because if the Wolfman was there, you know he's part of the green, right? The Wolfman? The Wolfman. Yeah. He's green with envy because he doesn't get enough attention like Werewolf by Swamp. Like the Dracula's there. Oh, it's so disappointing though. And it, it, again, I'm disappointed in a book that I didn't even like, but it was so lame. But what's your book of the week? My book of the week is The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, number two. Mine is Batman 129. So uh, we both have separate books there. Pretty cool. Pretty cool way to put on your pants, Eric. And yeah. here are the books that we're going to be talking about next week. <laughs> Keep your pants up. They do. Uh, next week, we have a bunch of books and a bunch of bangers. I'll tell you, Eric, we got bangers, some big books. Say. We got some big books. I, I can't say the bangers, but maybe they are. Two it of these be. will be on the Patreon spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, 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 that girl's uh, uh, number 12. Would that be one, Eric? Who no, knows? No, we're I'm not. not telling. Well, maybe they'll finally make this Riddler story make sense to me. Maybe. What did they What did they mess up? They messed up the riddle last time, right? You were saying that... Uh, the way they presented the riddle did not make sense to the yeah, way they, they ended up out. Uh, doing it more almost... On the money, when, yeah. I like the thing that. is, you're supposed to say if if two's company and three's a crowd, what's four and five? And it's, but the way they wrote it out was four plus five, which is obviously yeah. nine, and that's the answer. Yeah, to yeah, that was not good. Batman Incorporated number two. That. Yeah, I, I don't even know why that's stuck in my mind either about what you said. Batman Incorporated number two. All right. That continues. We like the first issue, and I'm hoping that that continues. We have Batman versus Robin. Number three. What's up with that, so, Alfred? And that devil we'll Nesha, have to yeah. see what's happening up with them. We got a song for that one. Eric, we have Dark Crisis on Infinite Earth number six. About time. That's pretty cool. Penultimate issue and song for that one month? as well. Uh, yeah, I think we did. I'm not so sure, but I, I feel very like I feel like this has been delayed for some reason. Yeah, we'd have to see. I am Batman number fifteen. That seems like we just talked about it, maybe because we didn't enjoy it so much. Uh, hopefully that turns around a little. But we did get Tiff. Going out and about, right? We did like that. So maybe you can do stuff with that. Multiversity Teen Justice number six, just a bullshit finale. book. But it's a finale, Eric. Find out about that yellow, uh, the Green Lanterns Could stuff. that possibly tie up in the deal? We'll find out. Oh, my God. The Church of Nonsense is what I thought it was and all that. The Church of Sinestra. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 17. We'll see what Kal-El is going on part there. Four. Let's see if Superman actually has something to do with this issue. Yeah, he returned. He doesn't return to the, I don't right know. Right now, I just see on the cover here that like, it looks like John and Clark are trying to like, you know, rebuild the Kent family farm and stuff like this. And for some reason, they just put Clark in overalls and like his nipples are just sticking out because of his giant ass chest. I was talking about that talking look about with the. Slip. I was talking about the look of the overalls without a shirt uh, during the uh, what's it called the Walking Dead podcast uh, that we Weird. did this week. I hate that look. Well, there was a zombie is going around. And I said he ain't a cool zombie because he didn't undo one of those one straps. <laughs> show straps. I'm like he's not a cool zombie. He's just a regular zombie. There, he might actually be a farmer. I don't know. Farmers would have a shirt on, and I actually said. Do you think that after you become a zombie, you take the shirt off then and then put the overalls back on? I think that's a little beyond a zombie's it's capability, yeah. right? 
Why would he do that? Or was this just an asshole that walked around without a shirt on with his overall? I wanted to get to the bottom of it, but nobody was getting to the bottom of it, Aaron. And that zombie almost ate Carl. So the hell with him, Coral. The new Golden Age number one. I look forward to that. Let's bring back the JSA. I'm really looking it's forward to that. only one shot, though. And, well, I'm looking forward to it, not because I think it's going to be great or whatever. I'm just looking forward to see what the hell's going on, and I, I'm excited that, about Judy that. Judy Garrick? Yeah, I think that that will be a Patreon spotlight book. I think that that is a shoe-in. We also end up having Wonder Woman 793 and maybe some other side books. We'll see. There's some other things coming out, but we may not be dealing with them here. Who cares about Wildcats? Eric, I wasn't even going to say it because then people get mad. I just wanted to avoid it, but yeah, people will yell. Look, but if again, you want me to come in here like, oh, here's the Wildcats in the DC universe, and I can see him like, well, I know Grifter, maybe. You let me talk about stuff I don't know anything about for a while. That's why they put the book out there. I think that the problem that the badasses or just to get fresh crew uh-uh, in general you done messed up by making Eric do the uh, deadly duo. He didn't listen. Now he's not going to listen to anybody. If somebody says, it's awesome, Eric. You know, oh, that's what Bullshit. you said about the deadly duo. He's, oh, that's going to get you off of a lot of things for now. And I mean, get you off, Eric. Even Ooh, the idea, wait. I'm looking at the synopsis for Wildcast number one, which is a limited series. So maybe it's not that bad. But spinning from the pages of Batman, like you're already pissing me off, comes a <laughs> census shattering new series. The Halo, Corporation. <laughs> the Halo Corporation has gathered a motley crew of operatives led by Cole, Grifter, Cash, who are going to make the world a better place, no matter who they have to kill. Oh, good. Working in the shadows of the DC Universe, this new covert team has been tasked with gathering an elite group of scientists for the first phase of their plan. But the cats mysteriously are void. Might have other plans, Jim. Wildcats? You had me at Motley Crue. You have to get the uh, old Wildcats cartoon theme song because in that they have the most terrible rap ever in the middle of it. I can't have Wild Side by Motley Crue. Uh, that no. would kind of fit. They I, actually I, have a song for the Wildcats. I think so that, do I, that I think I played that at one point. Like I had a, a bit of a Wildcats uh, podcast that didn't last that long. And I think I did have that rap because you suggested. So if we end up, if I get that rap, Maybe we'll end up doing it. No, it's vice versa. If we end up doing it, then you get that, that no, rap. No, I'm saying if I get the rap, then you're going to do it. I get it. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> if I get it, we'll see. We'll see what's going on and how things are playing out. But there you go. And also just remember that this month is an annuals month. At the end of this month of November, you're not only, if you celebrate this, you not only eat turkey and hopefully my favorite turkey, gravy, Mashed potatoes and corn. You don't need anything else. Maybe stuffing biscuits. is very that important. Other shit. Nah, fuck that. Stuffing's disgusting. It, you it think really... everything is disgusting, though. Your palate has no taste of anything. Like nobody should trust what you talk about. Stuffing doesn't taste. Once people figured out that you could die if you stuffed it in the bird itself, it, it lost its zeal. That used to give it what? the flavor. <laughs> the flavor of the you know uncooked turkey juices. Once you end up. It's nonsense. It's well, mushy thing shit. Is, we never did that in my house because my well, we stuffed turkey, but my mother would always make a side thing of sage sauces stuffing. Okay, yeah. Stuffing to me is the equivalent of real mushy, like Weedabix cereal and milk. You it's see that stovetop by itself is still delicious. Shit. Yeah, I've had, I've had it. Okay, I've had I hope so. It. I, I don't mind. I just, it's not what I pick. I end up liking corn mashed potatoes and gravy and some yeah because there's nothing That's more it. tasty than mashed potatoes there's nothing That's bland it. about that at all i love mashed potatoes i'd make mashed potatoes you would say they're delectable they Why? are what are you adding to them same stuff you're adding to the stuffing milk and butter eric and the secret ingredient salt oh my yeah 
I I love mashed potatoes. I so I used I. to make them a lot, but I haven't in a while because I like mashed potatoes though. Well, I'm saying that's all I need though. You, the other things may be bonus, but I don't need your sweet potato casserole or your you know green, green bean, bean casserole. casserole. Yeah, not anything that's though. followed by casserole. You can follow yourself out the door. I don't yes. really like it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that shit. Uh, though I do like cranberry sauce on my turkey sandwiches as a leftover thing, but that's fine. But that's what I'm having tonight. When we're done, I'm gonna have just a, a turkey fucking, sandwich, just a can of cranberry I'm sauce. I'm gonna have a turkey sandwich with lettuce, tomato, and cranberry sauce, like the sandwich that I love from the Why turkey. Why are you putting farm. lettuce on there? I ended up getting because that's what it has on there, and some mayonnaise there. Mayonnaise, no, sh- no, uh, no nonsense like cheese. It ends up, you know, giving a little crunch. Gives the crunches there, Eric. That's what makes it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to make it for you one time and bring it over. I bring it over on a silver platter. Go to the Bolton go. Family Farms to get it. Yeah, we have we have to go sometime. I'll pick your ass up. I won't. But with all of that, that is it for tonight. And like I said, at the end of the, I kind of got you know derailed. But at the end of the month, we have a Patreon only podcast. Yeah, that's the important the thing. Last week of the month, and that's usually an annuals month anyway. So or annuals week. So. We'll, we'll keep talking about that, and it'll make more sense later when I actually know what I'm talking about. But with all of that, uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Brian. Thanks also, Michael Jordan, for joining up on the badass side of things and everybody who came back and joined up on the Patreon this month. Thanks a lot. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Get Fresh Crew Weirdos. And what do we say at the end there? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.